morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning, July. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM, 97.3. Thank you. 
This is the soul witness. This particular song led by Joe Metal. And blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So there are two principles of living. You can either live by faith or by sight. Those who live by sight, they need physical evidence to make every decision. But there are those who also live by spiritual sight. They live by faith. It says the just shall live by his faith. And he said to Thomas, Blessed are those who though they have not seen yet believe. So what do you believe? Is it just based on what you see or what you know to be true? There are days you have to live beyond what you see. You have to live based on what you know on the inside. You may not be able to explain it, but you can't deny it. That's faith. Not every reality is explainable, but there are some things that are completely undeniable. It takes great faith to build great companies. It takes great faith to keep going every day, irrespective of what people say, irrespective of the economy, irrespective of the circumstances in the market. Start of a business sense brought to you by ADB. Apart from living by faith, the other one I need to say this morning quickly is don't add to the problem. One of the things I tell myself is when a problem is brought to me to solve, I make things easier for my boss than to make things complicated. So maybe there's something happening in the company and they come to you and say, okay, take it to Bernard. <laughs> May it not return to him double with more problems and more complications. May the next time your boss hears about that issue,
issues may he know that he's been solved develop the reputation of being a problem solver some customers are unhappy some distributors are not very happy with you and they send you to go deal with the problem don't go and throw a tantrum and create more problems for the company one of the things I tell myself it has to end with me so no matter how long the problem has been going on for as soon as it gets to your desk it has to come to its end so develop the reputation for problem solving don't be a problem multiplier be a problem extinguisher that's what qualifies you for leadership business has brought to you by ADB we have a great deal for those who have a personal loan not sure whether they are happy with the payment terms well we can get reduced interest rate extended repayment period and maintain your existing payment amount in our special personal loan top-up call 0593844898 or visit any of our branches nationwide ADB truly are Greek and more this is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show lies above the noise.
Yes, it's Bears Hammond. This is what they call Love's Rock. Love's Rock. Looking forward to the show today. The second day of March 2023. NPR brought to you by Total Energies, committed to the delivery of quality and innovative products and services that enhance customer experience because we know our success depends on you our cherished customers we dedicate all our wonderful awards to our valued customers thank you for your unwavering trust and loyalty to the total brand is it me or the papers are getting fewer and fewer Business is hard. You know, you, you know, you, you started your career as a newspaper as a reporter. Yeah. So you are you are a proper newspaper man. Yeah. You should be organizing a national colloquium <laughs> on the media industry <laughs> and the challenges we are facing. It's a very serious you know you, you know, you see like we who will cry for us? Yeah. It's because we cry for other people like yeah. I'll be sitting in my day always, oh we don't have what time tema mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. Uh, we used to wear puzzles. We don't have this. Mm-hmm. Our road is not working. Uh-huh. Charlie, if we have him in place, Charlie, who will like that? Charlie, that's the problem. If there's no advert, who will, where will I go? That's the problem, bro. That's the problem. It is, it, you know, one day, one day we should do National Media Complaint Day. You know, now they do pastors offering. Who's like some days be Omu Then they give collection to the pastors. Who to me? Maybe, maybe that day we say, Charlie, people should get help us. Let me hear that. That, allow yeah, yeah, yeah. that day, if you love a media house, Charlie, <laughs> adopt, adopt a journalist. But, 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 Charlie, but, 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 but let me ask Scott. Hey, my brother. Because, uh-huh. because, since we are focusing on newspapers, Charlie, we have a lot of newspapers, don't we? No, we don't. Uh, uh, no, not, not exactly. Not exactly. If, if you talk about, no, so you see, the thing is this we have a lot of newspapers. We don't have a lot of newspapers that were set up as newspaper businesses. Good, so qualify it. The business, the news, the, this newspaper businesses, no, maybe they are like four or five. Yes, and they but they are lot. They are lot of do okay. No, no even they are struggling. No, no, I'm just saying that uh-huh. generally, globally, newspapers are struggling. Yes, those that were set up as newspaper businesses are struggling, but find ways because they are established and they run. They have diversified their off- off- options. Offerings. Yes. But a lot of the newspapers we have in Ghana mm-hmm. are set up. We have a newspaper that was set up primarily because yeah. a man is going to run for president. But, but they are not so thinking about the, the uh, circulation. Yeah, they don't... They, are, they, are, they don't... Even, I don't even think they do a thousand copies. No, they are mouthpieces. No, but you see, one thing we have to realize is that everybody who goes out there to invest in a newspaper has a purpose. Okay. The primary purpose may not necessarily to make money, but to pay some bills. You understand? Or to win elections. Uh, yes, or to support someone to win an election. But ultimately, you have all these challenges within the industry. Advert people are not paying now. Even so advertising adver- agencies, adver- adver- adverts are not coming. Yeah. And then those which have come to, they are not paying on. Exactly, time. the yeah, circulation adver- is bad. But adverts will not come because most of the newspapers that are set up, one will not have the capacity to hire quality journalists so we see the kind of writing that happens oh, we're talking about the established ones the like if, if you take even, even graphic, graphic or nft mm-hmm. or yes but i'm saying that is the state of the industry now but they will go through it I as see. compared to those that after two years when the agenda is is, is done they will close down when the agenda starts then they open but there has also to be a point made for the quality of journalists we have I was talking to a friend yesterday about what we used to see those days. In I mean, when you take a, take a Ghanaian newspaper, yeah. the quality of articles, the quality of opinions, the quality of editorials, their positions on national issues. Right, is, it, is it coming down? It's going up. 
In fact, look at hood. almost all the newspapers. In the editorials are even gone. People don't newspapers don't even write edi- editorial. Many of them don't but write in your head day. Charlie. Yes, because when a boss will come and say, What story did we carry on page five? Okay. If you don't know it, you are in trouble. So you mean you what, have to know all the stories? Yes. What story did the chronic? What was the editorial of the Chronicle on this particular matter? And what is our position on this? Exactly. Thing? And if you don't know it now, you just do two by four newspapers. You see, look at this one for instance. How many pages? I guarantee, I guarantee you that if I go inside, you might not see an editorial. You know, let's have an editorial. You know what? Let's do, let's, 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 let's do our work. Okay. Let's Let stop, let's stop complaining and do our work. Start with the daily graphic. Let's stop complaining. Well, the front page of the daily graphic is dealing with cybercrime. Today it says 12 cybercrime mm-hmm. suspects napped. They created 973 fake online accounts of prominent persons. Minority rejects Ghana card as sole document for voter registration. And um, also, we'll conclude IMF deal this month. Mm-hmm. Hey, President Akufuado assures. Hey, there was another story yesterday that said the president was asking diplomats to help, to help us get the bill. This story is called from that. So it's a different angle. Yes. Okay. And Operation Clean Your Frontage hits terror. And I'll read the story from the tweet page. 24 or so of the daily graphic for you when it gets there okay, okay. let me take let me give you that headline in fact just okay. to page 24 make, let me to, to make your morning okay. is it on the frontage and then I'll, I'll ask you, just because we're doing this with this one flashy marriages by minus fueling illegal mining steady yeah. the same we're back to the same Ghanaian read your own <laughs> i thought this thing had been clarified yeah, you know, this one has been in the editor's newspaper box for a long time. So he just edited it and published it yesterday. <laughs> Good morning. The Ghanaian Times says this morning, health alert. Lassa fever cases hit 14 from mm. this duo. One that recorded DHS cautions public to avoid contact with rats and mice. Also, West Africa needs political commitment to roll out single currency. Um, we are also told that Ghana card as sole ID for voter registration. Minority rejects EC's proposed CI and Cocoa Board financial loss trial. Judge refers case to the Chief Justice. The front page of the Daybreak newspaper, very tragic story, Bernard. Bomb kills soldier at Bundasi. Hmm. Very, very sad story. Backbend shades Amabua over ministers, deputies. Occupy Ghana poses question on public officers' bill. Mm. And this one also says on the 600,000 barrels on board the CCS, this dispatch reporting that the oil originated from Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. Okay, more questions. Let me take you to the new crusading guide. Big story says Boku Youth Corner NDC. Also, full trial of FDA bosses uh, or NDA bosses begin. Uh, begins in April. And then also there's a story here that about that is about uh, the Attorney General. We are told that he's been adjudged the best minister for 2022, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Attorney General has been adjudged the best minister. <laughs> from, page <of> the, <laughs> from page of the Anchor newspaper. Everybody is looking for something. From page of the Anchor newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very serious headline, actually. A horse pick running mate for Bahama. Uh-huh. Pepper grinding Alex Mood. Uh-huh. A swept the game. It's a photo of uh, our good friend Mr. Alex Mood. Mm-hmm. On the front page of their paper. DVLA Airport Company. Others to be relocated. Mm-hmm. This is according to the Lance Minister. Mm-hmm. Let me take you to the Chronicle. Police soup on cyber fraudsters. 12 arrested 
for using fake accounts of MPs, ministers to defraud unsuspecting victims. Remember, the Honorable Markin made a statement regarding, you know, activities of online people, kids and all of that. And they promised that they were going to do something about it. Well, it looks like the police are acting. And then also, how Speaker halted attempt to heckle EC boss and debt restructuring. China cooperating with Ghana, according to our president. Oh, I see. That's good news. And then the business finder says this morning that lifetime, or no, lifeline actually, for women-led businesses. The BOG is ple- pledging unwavering commitment in that regard. Um, also, GIPC CEO named 2022 African Business Personality. And I'm talking about Yofi Grant. Congratulations to him. Mm. And then also, India is promoting millet consumption Charlie, in Ghana. It's your millet campaign. Charlie, millet. I'm the millet man, Bernard. You're, you're the millet ambassador for Ghana. Yes. yes. Maybe let's take some time and explore some millet farms. Yes. Maybe join the, the independence break. Yes. Or on the heritage caravan. Yes. Citynewsroom.com, Mahama to launch presidential campaign today in Ho. Also, we will haul MPA before parliament over 600,000 barrels of Russian oil. Mm-hmm. This is John Ginapo. We can print 2 million Ghana cards within six months, Professor Atefa. And then wear nose mask, adhere to safety protocols as Lassa fever cases surge. This is the Ghana Medical association citybusinessnews.com help us get three billion imf bailout akufado to diplomats ies raises doubt on claimants of six hundred thousand barrels of russian oil and then prioritize liquidity to survive challenges absa bank tells smes my journal line we can't trust kenoforia test assurances to nia also uh schools must stop punishing students for speaking local language this is a historian he said they are speak, uh, beating you for speaking vernacular. Vernacular, yes. Like, Where is the list of people who have been speaking vernacular? Some of, some of our... Let's grab a list of rules in our school that moved castle. And they'll be beating you brutally Chan- for speaking your own language. Plus you have to go and bribe plus B. <laughs> Meanwhile, the FDA has an alert. Only 1,079 food vendors and restaurants have hygiene permits nationwide. Guys, this is serious. Only 1,079 food vendors and restaurants have hygiene permits the whole country. Are you serious? And we buy what we side plenty like that. <laughs> you are eating things. Government has been able to remove taxes and levies on LPG. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a couple of nice stories on the BBC that told me. Tulsa massacre survivors get Ghanaian citizenship. Wow. Mm. Uh, this story is the lead story on BBC's Africa page. Mm-hmm. And then... There's a very interesting article. How 10% of Nigerian registered voters delivered victory because of the low turnout in the Nigerian yeah. election. Then there's a very concerning story from Tunisia. What's happening? A crackdown on black Africans fueling attacks and rebuke in Tunisia. This story, yes, the Tunisian president yes. has been misbehaving. Irresponsible presidential talk. It's a serious matter. And so there's like people in blacks in that country are basically staying indoors. And this is on a number of portals. Bloomberg has the story. I think the Reuters has the story as well. Guinea is also replacing some banknotes to root out counterfeits. They, they, are, they are what the military janta is doing that Charlie, right now when the things get desperate you also do desperate things Charlie. let's start with the IMF deal yes I'll take you to page 22 of the daily graphic okay. uh, President Adrian Kufuado has expressed optimism that the country will 
conclude an agreement with the International Monetary Fund by the close of this month in view of the cooperation being received from the Paris Club and China over debt relief. He said a delegation from the China Exim Bank was in Accra the weekend to meet with officials of the Ministry of Finance, adding, quote, we shall be able to go to the board of the fund to conclude a final agreement by the end of March. Mm-hmm. According to the president, the agreement would set the stage for a strong recovery of the economy. Now, the, the challenge I have is that the angle we got yesterday was the president urging diplomatic calls to help us get the IMF deal through. Mm-hmm. Addressing members of the diplomatic corps on Tuesday, the president said the cooperation received from the Paris Club, with the cooperation of the Paris Club, he's confident that deal will be concluded. But they basically was saying that... Um, He's urging them to support us. But let, let me quote the China part. I am confident that with the cooperation we have received from the members of the Paris Club and the People's Republic of China, we sent a delegation from China's Exim Bank to Accra over the weekend to meet with officials at the Ministry of Finance. Yeah. We will be able to go to the board of the fund to conclude finally the agreement by end of March. So I think those are the two stories. But the question is what's happening then to Ghana Beyond Aid? Oh, it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not in play any longer. This one is. It's on suspension. This one is the survivor. Oh, sure. okay. Let me take you to the Lassa fever situation. Yes, yeah, because Bernard, the thing is going up, and we are told we should wear nose masks and we should stay away from contracting people anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is on page eleven, and it says uh, that health alert: Lassa fever cases hit. 14, one death recorded, and the Ghana Health Service is cautioning the public to avoid contact with rats as well as mice. Now, the story is by Abigail Anno, and it says that a total of 12 additional cases of Lassa fever have been confirmed, bringing the total number of cases in the country to 14. Now, according to the Ghana Health Service, aside one death recorded, all 13 cases are alive, in stable condition, and are being managed in designated health facilities. There's a quote here that says, a total of 97 contacts have been identified, and efforts are underway to identify more contacts. Now, a probable case <coughs> has been reported from the central region, and contacts are being identified and monitored while we await confirmation. Psychological support is being provided for all cases and contacts. A statement issued. Have they told us how dangerous this thing is? And it's what very dangerous. Oh, yeah, very, very, very dangerous. dangerous. You know, it's what, what, how, what is it? Okay, so it's a form of fever uh, which can cause you to have bleeding from your, your mouth, your eyes, your hey. backside, yes, yes. And, and all kinds of things. And it's, how, how do you get it? Uh, contacting sexual contact with another person or using an infectant, uh, you know, sharp item or something like that. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. We'll get some details. All right, let's get back to this Russia matter. So we are told that okay. the minority is asking for more clarity on this 600,000 barrels of Russian oil. John Dinapos, an eyewitness news yesterday, mm-hmm. is the ranking member on Parliament's Mines and Energy Committee. He says he will use every parliamentary tool at his disposal to force authorities of the MPA to respond to inquiries regarding 600,000 barrels of oil allegedly brought into Ghana from Russia. And uh, we know there's been a ban, at least within the EU, of uh, nations taking uh, doing business with Russia. But there was a Bloomberg report this week that Ghana had received 600,000 barrels of crude oil from Russia. According to MPA, so the oil is actually making or coming in from Kazakhstan for a private firm by the name of Platon. Now, the Yapek, who's old MP, told Eyewitness News that the MPA owes Ghanaians further answers. So, that's the story there for those of you who are interested. Okay. Okay. So, let's now go to the story regarding elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, the minority is commenting on the EC's yep. plans to use voter 
to use what the, the Ghana, Ghana card, card the only, yeah. which is the National Identification Authority card, as the basis for registering to vote in subsequent. Yeah. Now, Petechi, writing for the Chronicle, um, says minority rejects EC's proposed CI, and they are quoting from a press conference uh, held yesterday, and the story says the minority in Parliament says it will not back down on its uh, opposition to the proposed constitutional instrument which seeks to make the Ghana card the sole document for the purpose of registration as a voter. Now, mm -hmm. the caucus said if they allow the EC or the, uh, the CI to pass, mm -hmm. millions of Ghanaians will be disenfranchised in the 2024 election because they do not have that particular form of identification. Now, as part of measures to um, up its opposition to the CI, the COCO said it will be in the coming days engaging a broad base of Ghanaians to explain to them the repercussions on the country's democracy if the CI is not rejected. And basically, they say they are going to have uh, contacts with civil society organizations, external groups like the embassies and, mm -hmm. and missions in the country, and the Christ all these institutions all right. that matter. Meanwhile, the N NIA boss on point of view yesterday says they can print 2 million Ghana cards in six months. The executive director, Professor Kenatifa, has reiterated his outfit's readiness to print 2 million Ghana cards within six months without organizing a mass registration exercise. Um, speaking on Eyewitness News, the NIA boss assured that without pressure on the neck of NIA staff, his team can print 2 million cards within six months. Something Staying with the elections the and on the, on the NDC oh, side of things, on page three of the Anchor newspaper, a mm -hmm. high running mate for Mahama, pepper grinding Alex Mudiwada, who has swerved again. And uh, in an interview with uh, Star News, um, Sakusi Ahoy insists that Professor uh, Opukwajiman has earned the vice president position and can become the next and first female president. This is not, this is notwithstanding the fact that names of some big wigs like uh, Mr. Alex Mould, who was seen some time ago trekking in the hinterlands to market himself, as well as former boss of Tor and boss Kinsley Kwame Wada, who have been nursing ambition of uh, partnering Mr. So, why are they calling Pepe Grinding? You know, but the former and, uh, president... Kujo Bonsu is also on page 19 of the Daily Graphic. He has skilled up his campaign. Ah. Um, oh, yes, former chief executive President of the KMA. Kum Kumasi Metropolitan Assembly. Right. Yeah, he was in the Union constituency in the Northeast region to sell mm. his campaign of building a new Ghana. Meanwhile, former President John Mahama will today start his campaign in an effort to become the flag bearer of the NDC. Building mm -hmm. the Ghana we want together will be the theme for the launch, which will take place at the City Auditorium of the University of Health and Allied Sciences mm -hmm. at the, in, uh, in the Volta region in Ho. And then there are other people whose names have been given in the race. And okay. we are told this campaign launch will be done sometime this morning. Okay. Um, if we want to move away from politics, I wanted to take you to this FDA story, which I thought was quite interesting. Huh? Only 1,079 food vendors and restaurants have hygiene permits nationwide. And this mm. story is sourced to the GNA. Mm. Data from the Food and Drugs Authority show that only 1,079 food service establishments across the country have been issued the FDA's food hygiene permits. The establishments are restaurants, food joints, street vended food, chop bars, and catering facilities. According to the data, only 1,079 food vendors met the FDA's minimum food safety requirement out of the above 5,000 street vendors trained in good hygiene practices from 2021 to ensure that food sold elsewhere was safe or everywhere was safe. A food hygiene permit is an approval given to a catering facility after meeting basic hygiene requirements in the FDA's Code of Hygiene Practices for Food Service establishment now mrs delise mimidaku ceo of the fda said in an interview with the gna in accra mm -hmm. 
She said it was illegal for restaurants, for instance, not to display a food hygiene permit at the point of sale, saying that could attract a fine. Mm -hmm. And that she said, safety of food sold by vendors had become a major concern and called on stakeholders responsible for ensuring food safety, like the local assemblies, to help enforce bylaws for the safety of all. Well, that's a very, um, you know, let me, let, me, story. let me take you to we page two of the anchor. Mm. Uh, the DVL and Airports Company are, are to be relocated according to the anchor newspaper. Mm. Um, they are being relocated to Kwabenya, mm -hmm. a suburb of Accra, to pave the way for the redevelopment of the area into a modern commercial hub. This information coming from Mr. Samuel Jinapo, Sector Minister for mm. Okay, let's deal with crime. And the Chronicle has a number of crime um, stories. The cyber crime. Cyber crime. And then also someone who stole money to christen his son oh. um, in court. The story, uh, let me do the police one first. Uh, John Bediako, writing on page three, says that the police have sued in on 12 suspects for their alleged involvement in the cyber-related crimes that have been seen in this country over the past couple of months, including impersonating uh, members of parliament and other high government officials within the social media space. Now, mm -hmm. they are a long list of people uh, given here, uh, covert. Uh, Gideon. Um, there's also someone known as Felicia Nana Wato. Oh, how people look. Carl Krista, Charlie <laughs> Safari Zati, Eric Aqua. What have they done? Charlie, uh, basically, they have created social media platforms. Mm -hmm. Which media platforms they, they use? I, as in, uh, what do you call it? They even call accounts. Mm -hmm. Which accounts are in the name of influential people, like people in, in, in parliament, people in government, and all of these Fake people. social media accounts. Exactly. And they use these things to solicit. to solicit all kinds of things from people. So they will tell you that, look, if you want a job, I will give you a job. So you should pay this amount. And oh. they use these things to do people. So it, it's, it's a matter that the police have been dealing with, and some 12 or so of them have been arrested for prosecution. All right. Um, and then also this uh, very uh, interesting story. I stole um, to raise money to christen my son. Now, a circuit court in Accra has uh, deferred the sentencing of an unemployed man, Prince Kofi Techi who has been accused of unlawful entry and stealing to await his warrant of uh, conviction or certified charges against him in other cases. Now, the high the court, presided over by her Anna Ellen Ofe, I deferred the sentencing after it was informed by the prosecution uh, that um, the accused had been sentenced to jail twice. Wow, that's a serious matter. Mm. Now, the prosecutor indicated to the court that the accused uh, due to his frequent visits to the prison, oh, had become a friend of the police. Basically, the long and short of it that he had gone to steal some money, including a thousand Ghana CDs, a ladies, uh, a golden ladies necklace valued at one thousand US dollars, and some other things. And he claims that he stole the, the things basically to christen his son. Let me take you abroad. You 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 read the story of the accident in Greece, mm -hmm. the train crash. Well. It. The Greece Minister of Infrastructure and Transport, Costas Karamanis, has resigned yeah. over this um, accident. I want to do a, a local one before we continue. Yeah. Government has been urged to remove taxes and levies on LPG. The LPG Marketers Association of Ghana have renewed calls for the government to remove taxes and levies on LPG, which is about 13%. The association also called on the government mm -hmm. to redirect the dollar auction policy toward the importation and pricing of LPG in the country. These actions, according to the LPG Marketers, when implemented, will achieve the desired price reduction impacts. Now, mm -hmm. this was made... In, an, in a release issued on March 1 and signed by Chairman Malam Bukhari. Okay. Now, international stories. The first one here, the BBC says Black Wall Street survivors granted Ghana citizenship. Mm -hmm. Two survivors 
1921 massacre of black people in the U.S. city of Tulsa mm -hmm. have been granted citizenship of Ghana according to the Justice for Greenwood Foundation. Viola Ford Fletcher, 108, mm -hmm. and her brother, Hughes Vanellis, 102, mm -hmm. became the oldest African-Americans to be granted Ghanaian citizenship, which okay. for me is a thing to be prized. Mm -hmm. They are two of the three living survivors of the massacre that claimed up to 300 African-American lives. About 300 black residents of the prosperous Greenwood town, then known as Black Wall Street in Tulsa, were murdered oh, and their businesses and homes destroyed by a mob of white people. Mm. Oh! I think from the KKK. <laughs> Viola Fletcher, known as Mother Fletcher and her brother Vanelle, is known as Uncle Red, visited Ghana August last two years as part of a week-long tour of Africa to mark the centenary of the killings, known as the Tulsa Race Massacre. And uh, Ghana has duly granted them citizenship. Talking about violence towards black people, mm -hmm. crackdown on black Africans fuels attack and rebuke in Tunisia. Yep. Now, rights groups have accused President Kais Said of stoking xenophobic attacks to deflect from a growing economic and political crisis. I'm using. Um, just, I, I don't even know what we've done to the, the rest of the world. That well, he's been pushing this theory. This theory that. There's um, a con the, there's a conspiracy to replace uh, the indigents of Tunisia with Not black people. Not the indigents. Hold on. Yes. I'm just telling you. I was telling you what he's saying. Okay. Yes. <laughs> with black people to take their yeah. jobs, and it's something that has been pushed in France so, as well. This is the angle. After Tunisia's president blamed African migrants for a rise in violent crime and threatening the country's Arab identity. 42-year-old mm -hmm. Francois had a knock on his front door. It was his landlord trying to kick him out along with his wife and two-year-old son, wrongly mm -hmm. saying he could no longer offer lodging to black migrant tenants as a government-sanctioned crackdown against illegal residents escalated in a North African nation. Mm -hmm. Then the story then gives you the full list of things being done, okay. atrocities mm -hmm. being uh, committed, and there are quite a number of Burkinabe and Malian uh, nationals who have been who live in North Africa. It's just I, I don't want to be you know. And then whilst we are at it, <clears throat> the a couple of stories from Nigeria as well. Okay. Uh, the current president has okay. met the president elect, mm -hmm. and uh, he's been he, he's basically saying that mm -hmm. he won uh, Bola Tinubu won the election because of he Buhari's record. Let's go. 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 Charlie. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a big man. It's claiming, it's claiming power, yo, yo. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. City Business News next. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. Welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, players in the food value chain push for more investment and strategies to find sustainable ways to fight climate change. And Ghana needs over 10 billion Ghana cities to transform the agricultural sector. This is according to the Chamber of Agribusiness, Ghana.
to our stories now. Based on the enormous challenges being faced by players within the food value chain, especially farmers in the country, they are pushing for more sustainable ways of responding to the trend. This day postage has become necessary as it impacts on efforts to boost agricultural production and preservation in the country. The executive director of the Peasant Farmers Association of Ghana, Dr. Charles Naba, has been speaking to City Business News on the development. For the past five years, the race comes around uh, July, and then by October it ends. When you go to the middle belt around the Chiman and Kwanza Kintampu is those are two planting seasons. The minor, the major season, and then the minor season. Where by now people have planted their maize and other things, and then in July they plant for the minor season. As we speak, it doesn't rain in Kintampu Chiman for them to start planting. So we are not able to do the double planting season that we used to do. When you come to the coastal belt around Hohoi, um, you take um, um, KGB, uh, you take Ketakreche and all those areas. The race has all reduced one major season. The parking too has changed. So when you plant your crops, you are likely to lose everything. Sometimes the crops will be ready to tussle and race will not come. And then farmers will have to clear everything and replant again. So if you talk of climate change in recent times, it has affected farming a lot. It has affected the food system. It has affected livestock and even the crop yields. He also called for more investment in irrigation mechanisms to make the agricultural sector more resilient. Even if a certain officer comes to teach you that this year the rains will not come that much, what can you do? It has to be back with investment. And that's why we keep calling off investing in irrigation systems. Because if you look at all agrarian counties across the group, everybody is going uh, uh, the irrigation way because uh, because the raining pattern has changed. Israel, for instance, their rains are not even up to what we are getting here. But they've been able to irrigate all their farmland and they cultivate all year round. When you go to China, the same thing. You go to India, small, 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 small irrigation system. Ghana, we attempted to do that through the government, one village, one dam initiative, but it failed. It wasn't properly done. If that was properly done, at least when the rain stopped, the small dams that are created within the communities, farmers will still be able to use that as a, a backup for the limited raining pattern, but that is not working. That was the executive director of the Peasant Farmers Association of Ghana, Dr. Charles Nyaba. Meanwhile, the Chamber of Agribusiness Ghana has indicated that the country's agricultural industry needs over 10 billion cities to curtail some of the limitations that hinder the growth of the sector. The Chamber explains that although the country has in place feasible policies, the need for the industry players to adopt new strategies and technology to maximize investments being made by both private and public sector is imminent. Chief Executive Officer of the Chamber of Agribusiness Ghana, Anthony Morrison, has been speaking to City Business News. In general, we estimate from the Chamber of Agribusiness that Ghana's agriculture and agribusiness sector requires 10 billion direct investment, mopping funds from both public and private sector for the next 10 years for us to be able to mitigate some of the challenges we have in the industry. Um, let me say that we have a lot of regulatory regimes well solid in place. Ghana is one of the countries where we don't lack policies. However, there is still need to adopt some new technologies, some new skills in the sector. So that sector also promises to be an area where you can seek to make uh, a lot of investment, especially when it comes to engineering, agriculture, engineering, 
uh, mechanization and all that is one good area. That was the Chief Executive Officer of the Chamber of Agribusiness Ghana, Anthony Morrison. The Chamber of Petroleum Consumers COPEC is urging Ghanaians to not panic over alleged reports that the intake of some Russia oil, which is said to be at the Tema oil refinery, is going to cause an effect on the economy. The European Union has placed a ban on Russian products such as diesel and fuel following the country's invasion of Ukraine. Speaking to City Business News, Executive Director of COPEC, Duncan Amwa, argued that an embargo has not been placed on Russian oil while stressing that other countries such as India and China are buying oil from the embattled country, although at a capped price. He said that Energy Think Tank welcomes any move by the government to obtain cheap fuel without sanctions. If Russian cargoes were halted forthwith, crude prices could jump to $150-$200 a barrel tomorrow morning. Their cargoes continue to be around. Fortunately for you and I, the very company known to have imported or received this cargo, the 80,000 metric, a few days ago, is a Ukrainian company. So the very country that Russia is at war with has a subsidiary that is buying Russian... I don't think Ghana should panic over this. There's really nothing in there. There's really no discussion to be had. Uh, If that crude will come in cheaper, we at COPEC are all for it. Uh, We would want to believe that at this point in time, uh, that energy costs or energy prices are so high, uh, if there's an alternate way to bring in cheaper cargo, that doesn't carry any sanctions along with it. Ghana should explore that. Duncan Amwa is executive director for the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers, COPEC. Meanwhile, the National Petroleum Authority has reassured the public that substandard fuel is not being sold in the country. There have been complaints from some consumers who claim that their vehicles were damaged after using inferior fuel products. However, the CEO of the authority, Dr. Mustafa Abdul Hamid, has stated that all petroleum products sold in the country have undergone thorough testing and have been certified for safe use. I've had people ask me, even as recent as a few days ago, whether um, fuel is of the same quality across all oil marketing companies. In other words, there are Ghanaian people who think that if you buy from Goyle or you buy from Shell or you buy from any of the top brands or the known brands, then you are more likely to have been delivered quality fuel than if you bought from some other small um, oil company like a Nuru Oil or something to that effect. Let it be stated that the Quality Assurance Directorate of the NPA has standards for fuel quality in the country. In any event, it is the same fuel that is fed star oil, that is fed shell, and that is fed goil, and so on and so forth. It's from the same consignment of fuel that is imported into the country. So there is nothing like any oil marketing company having substandard fuel, or that one oil company has fuel quality that is higher or better than another. So that ought to be known. Dr. Mustafa Abdul Hamid is the CEO of the National Petroleum Authority. Now on the interbank foreign exchange markets where banks trade amongst themselves, 
The dollar remained unchanged and is selling at 11 cities, 2 pesos. The British pound lost 2 pesos and is selling at 13 cities, 2 pesos. The euro also remained unchanged and is selling at 11 cities, 7 pesos. However, at some forex bureaus, the dollar is going for 13 cities, while the British pound for 15 cities, 40 pesos. And the euro is selling for 13 cities, 50 pesos. Let's now join Mark Jordan Sikanate of Databank for updates on the bonds market. On Monday, trading activity on the Ghanaian secondary bond market improved 75% from the previous session to a market turnover of 35.75 million Ghana cities. Trading in the newly listed bonds gained momentum, accounting for 87% of the market turnover. The net effect of price movement caused the data bank bond index to lose 8.24% to 81.44 points, translating to a yield to maturity of 13.27%. At Friday's Treasury Bureau auction, the Ghanaian Treasury seeks to raise 2.78 billion Ghana cities to refinance estimated maturities worth 2.55 billion Ghana cities. That was Mark Jordan Sika Nate of Data Bank. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Netelinete Ajahu. Have a good business day. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. CDFM Wishing Christabel Amegayibo HHR of Africa World Airlines a happy birthday She's a leader, a teacher and a mother May her blessings never run dry Coming to Mal- coming in from Marlene to Christabel Amegayibo HHR of Africa World Airlines uh, A couple of requests that came through yesterday but for some reason escaped me happy belated birthday to mark atamensa lecturer university of ghana computer science department 
I'll forever be grateful for the day you were born. May God bless you abundantly with long life, health, good money, and an ending grace. This is from Gifty and the Boys to Mark Atamensa. You are a lecturer at the University of Ghana Computer Science Department. Happy birthday to Eliezer Tetekabu. No matter how big or far you go, I'll always be beside you. I love you unconditionally from Superintendent Ebenezer Tete, Public Affairs Director, Eastern Regional Police Command, to his son Eliezer Tetekabu. To my lovely wife, Mrs. Esther Furiwa Osebuating of Tema. Best wishes from your husband, Lawrence Osebuating Esquire. Later on as well to Cynthia Kuma Access Bank. Happy birthday from your husband. May the good Lord grant your heart desires. I remember you. You will always be my Egbe <laughs> Coming uh, to a quick entry into the sports brought to you by Shelf. Fuel saves. Its triple action formula improves engine efficiency, prevents deposit buildup, and protects your engine from wear and corrosion for extra clean, extra protection, and extra savings, giving you extra kilometers out of your drive. Switch to the Shell Fuel Save today because extra kilometers go a long way. Go well. And of course, uh, brought to you by Le Chevo. If you're a school that wants to buy a school bus, talk to us about our competitive school bus loan. It comes with convenient payment terms. Call Michael on 057-411-7851. Let's do it together. Let's share who. Let's improve life. Charlie, yesterday was on way for me. Eh? Charlie, What's going on? Mixed mix day because, you know, I have two teams. Mm-hmm. Liverpool won 2-0. Yeah. This is the fourth clean sheet oh, they've where, had I know where you're going. in the league. Yeah. And then House of Oak went to lose to Olympics. Charlie, it's like I, I can't, 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 I can't get a break. And House of Oak haven't won against Olympics in the last seven encounters. You know, I said I met I met Michael of the editing room. He said, "Ben, this is you don't talk about football." I said, yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I think I want to do ice hockey now. Ah, no, 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 I'm do pulling that. all my hair out. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm getting a bit tired of this. I mean, thing. I'm reinvesting my time in chess. Uh, <laughs> I like chess, so I'm reinvesting my time back there. I think we should go to badminton or something. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Charlie. football, I know they be. Oh my God. Anyhow, so Benjamin has all the headlines from the world of sports. And in the headlines, Accra Great Olympics defeat Accra Hearts of Folk in the Manchester Derby. 2023 African Games to be held in March 2024 and Arsenal dominate Everton in midweek Premier League action. Let's start off with midweek action in the Ghana Premier League. And the big one, of course, was in Accra. It was Accra Great Olympics involved in the Mancha Derby with Accra Hearts of Oak. And it was Accra Great Olympics winning that game by one goal to nil. Slavko Matic is head coach of Accra Hearts of Oak. He believes that officiating on the day was poor. Mike, we play basketball today. We cannot play, especially for South. You cannot cover everything with one red card on the end. Fortunately, we have our chest from five meters against striker. New striker, we bring him to score goals, but we didn't score. Uh, we lose from nothing, as you see. Penalty was, yes, 
But if I talk about referee today, is not good for us. For me, it's not good person to talk. You cannot play. We want to play to make high press. Every contact was foul. You cannot play. Players start to be nervous. Of course, lot of lot of problem we have. It's not first game that we have referee like this. It's not first game. And after you give one red card to cover yourself, they're not going like that. Slavko Matic is head coach of Accra Hearts of Oak. Now, Great Olympics head coach Kobe Mensa was pleased with the effort of his team during the encounter. I feel good. I feel very good and I'm very happy because it has not been easy. Coming into this game, it was a problem for me because of the level I met and um, there was no time. You know, so I have to use about five, six days to prepare these boys. In terms of even their, their endurance, their stamina was bad. The very first day I saw them on Tuesday, last Tuesday. So I told you before the game that we, we were going to win this game or get a very good result through on tactical grounds. We saw it. They saw more of the ball. By the end, we have gotten the most important three points. Kawi Mensah is head coach of Accra Great Olympics. Let's get to that game involving Asante Kotoko and Bechem United. And it was Kumasi Asante Kotoko winning by a lone goal in that particular encounter. Let's get a reaction from Kotoko head coach Seidu Zebo. We had a win, but there is still work to do. We prepare very, very well for this very much. From your first question that you asked, and we said, no, we are going to determine and play this game and win. Though they have done well, we lost uh, two points away against Swatreman. So we told you that this very much, we need to work hard and win this very much. And that's what has happened. So you heard Asante Kotoko head coach Seidu Zebo speaking through his interpreter there to the camp of Bechem United and head coach is Kasim Mengo Okanse. He has also been speaking. I'm disappointed. Uh, initially, when we started, we were not playing our normal game that we play. Until we considered the goal before they started playing what normally we do play. So I say it's unfortunate we considered that early goal. It was a mistake from the goalkeeper. Where he was, they shouldn't have scored you at the first two. It has happened. We got to some stage. You saw we were playing the ball. Eh? And they were rather ballooning the ball up front. They started playing for we started with, But later we came to the 3-5-2. That's why we started piling the pressure to get the equalizer. We did not stick to one system. We vary our system whenever the situation demands it. Betim United head coach. Kasim Mingo Okanse. Speaking there in other results, Adriana Stars were held to a goalless draw by Kim Faisal. Brickham Chelsea, they beat Samatex by one goal to nil. There was BBNE Gold Stars taking on in Swatraman. BBNE Gold Stars winning by two goals to nil in that game. Karela FC were also up against Accra Lions. It ended 2-1 uh, in favour of Accra Lions and then Kotoku Royals also beat Dreams FC by three goals to nil. There was Legon City taking on Tamale City 1-1 is how it ended and then Real Tamale United also played out a one-all draw with Mediama Sporting Club. So the league table after match week 19 has Adriana on top with 36 points. Asante Kotoko and Accra Lions are tied uh, for second and third on 31 points each separated by goal difference. And then there's um, the BNE Gold Stars in fourth place on 30 points. So that's what the league table is looking like right now. Let's get to some other news. And PSV Eindhoven technical director Ernest Faber has praised the handlers of the Atram, the Vise Academy for deploying creative 
defensive techniques in training footballers. Now, he made these remarks in a conversation with City Sports after witnessing training sessions of the academy at Tabora. Now, Faber, who doubles as PSV's head of youth coaches, was present at the academy with a member of PSV Eindhoven scouting team, Eric Addo. Uh, training here, compliment for the coach, small spaces, high intensity, uh, good recovery when they lose the ball. So uh, I see a lot of good things, good, good signals for next game. No, I, I saw, I know Godwin and I saw a lot of uh, exercises from Holland. So we played together, so uh, he was very sharp in Holland. He took it over here and you can see it uh, in the team because you play uh, like a little bit European style. Uh, it's the only one in, uh, in, in, in this region I saw. So very good, very good, yes, very good. Surprised me, very, uh, very hopeful, yes. So you heard PSV Eindhoven Technical Director Ernest Faber speaking there. Meanwhile, former Black Stars defender Eric Addo has blamed the poor state of football pitches in Ghana as one of the reasons behind the struggle of Ghanaian players in front of goal. Mostly like what he said about the creativity. Okay, we have here, but finishing is always a diploma because you cannot compare the European style of the pitches we have and also here. So it's totally different the way we work there because everything is, is in a fast pace. So here is like sometimes you have also look to the climate because it's hot because you cannot keep the same uh, tempo over there and here. So it's always very very difficult to compare this kind of uh, level because for example if it's dry you wet the pitch so the ball have to go faster but here it's totally different. So if we adapt to that kind of style here it will help us uh, a lot. We heard former Black Stars defender Eric Addo, who is a scout for PSV Eindhoven. Let's move on to some other stuff in the under-20. AFCON is still ongoing. The quarterfinals um, still uh, happening. Today we have Senegal versus Benin and Uganda versus Nigeria. To some other staff and chairman of the local organizing committee of the 2023 African Games, Dr. Kweku Ofosuasari has disclosed that about 12 of the 25 sporting disciplines of the Games will serve as qualifiers for the 2024 Paris Olympics. Now, this follows approval by the president of the Association of African Sports Confederations, General Ahmed Nasser, and the president of the Association of National Olympic Committees of Africa, Mustafa Beraf. General Nasser, who is the president of UPSA. UPSA is the Association of African Sports Confederation. And uh, together with Anoka, Yahoo has also given us his uh, confirmation with regards to some of the important disciplines that will serve as qualified for the Olympics. And so together we have about um, part 12 for now. So athletics definitely is going to be part of us, part of the, uh, the disciplines for the, for the games and also as qualifiers. Badminton, we are guaranteed that is going to be a qualifier for the Olympics. We are, we are also guaranteed that uh, basketball and basketball will be three by three. Uh, beach volleyball, cycling, gymnastics. Uh, Jido, the all promised to also give us the needed support. Swimming is also going to be one of uh, disciplines slated as Olympic qualifier. Uh, tennis, table tennis, triathlon, volleyball, and wrestling. 
Dr. Kweko Fuswasari is LOC chairman of the African Games. Let's move on to EPL midweek action and Ghana's Thomas Partey climbed off the bench for Arsenal to put on a midfield masterclass as they beat Everton by four goals to nil at the Emirates. They have now opened a five-point lead at the top of the Premier League table. Liverpool Football Club were also involved in a game with Wolverhampton Wanderers. Liverpool winning by two goals to nil, uh, keeping a clean sheet in that particular game. In the FA Cup, Southampton suffered a shock defeat to Grimsby and then Burnley Football Club beat Fleetwood by one goal to nil. Manchester United, they uh, beat West Ham by three goals to one and then Sheffield United also managed to beat Tottenham Hotspur by one goal to nil. Let's do some basketball before we go and Kevin Durant made his debut for the Phoenix Suns when they beat the Charlotte Hornets 105-91. to Durant scoring 23 points in his Suns debut. The Chicago Bulls were up against the Pistons. They won that game by a single possession. There was the Cleveland Cavaliers also taking on the Boston Celtics. The Celtics won that game 117-113. to There was a game between the Heat and the Philadelphia Philadelphia 76 as the Sixers picked up a big win on the road. In other wins, the New York Knicks, they continue to be impressive. This time, beating their city rivals, the Brooklyn Nets, 142-118 is how it ended. The Rockets lost to the Grizzlies. The Bucks won at home against the Magic. The Lakers won on the road against the OKC Thunder. And then the Pelicans were also on the road when they took on Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. The Pelicans walking away with victory in that one, 121 110 is how it all broke down in that game. That's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia at the Small Sports at CitySportsOnline.com. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Health Tidbits is brought to you by the Yahoo Medical Center. There's no pride. Welcome to Yahoo Health in the City. Today, let's answer some of your questions about surgeries. 1. Are surgeries safe? Yes, they generally are, but there are risks associated with any medical procedure. 2. What should I discuss with my doctor before my surgery? It is important to discuss the associated risks and benefits with your doctor. Benefits may include pain relief, improved function, and prevention of complications. Some risks also include bleeding, infection, anesthesia complications, and surgery failure. Three, how long do surgeries take? The duration of surgery depends on the type and complexity of the procedure. It can range from a few minutes to several hours. Now that's a wrap for this week. Tune in next week for more health tips. You may call or WhatsApp our surgical team on 050-143-6662 for further inquiries or follow Nyaho Medical Center on social media for more health in the city tips. Nyaho, improving your quality of life. Health Tidbits was brought to you by the Nyaho Medical Center. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS.
City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Happy birthday to Dr. Kaile L. Mausi Ashonkwe. 
you're such a blessing to everyone around you may you never best sorry may may year 33 best with wonder and positivity we love you may year 33 best with wonder and positivity from mommy daddy appeal apioko duke nayo and your niece and nephews Happy birthday to Naika Vaida Amansa, CEO of Amazing Books Company, Kaswa from your husband, Nai Opete Omai the third, Sanahini of Ewutu Traditional Area, CEO of Forest Grove Hotel Ewutu Breku, and siblings William Yawansa, CEO of Originate Ghana, Edward Ansa, Director of Audit, Kumasi Technical University, and Joe Ofosu Ansa. ECG Accra West and your children in Shira, Michelle, Becky, Jaden, Jaylene, Jada, and Jones and Sam. Don't forget the Heritage Month continues this morning. My guest Kukudako Ankara will be talking about the Eastern region. Part second part started by talking about the Aquamus. We'll discuss other people groups within the region today. And happy birthday to Prophet Dr. Emmanuel A.J., the General Overseer of Prayer Palace International. In this new age and stage, may you prosper more in your prophetic power and in the physical with money and wealth. May you age with grace and divine protection from Reverend and Mrs. Counselor Lutrot and the family. Happy birthday to Kayla Enam Amevo of Little Angel Early Childhood School, Medina. We wish you a super four-year celebration from your parents, Mauli and Nanekia, your uncles, your aunties, and your grandma. People have been wondering about the voter turnout in the Nigeria election where they said you have over 200 and something million people, you have 93.5 million registered voters, you give out 87 million personal voter cards allegedly, and then you have 25 million people going to vote. So that's like, you know, I don't know, it's like 10% of the country voted. Mm-hmm. You know, the voter turnout for like 27%. You know, yeah. it, it's, I don't know what it does to the legitimacy of the president, but that's the system they've chosen um, for themselves. Yeah. What I wanted to do this morning was to sort of try and... and um, but I think we can make a few comments on that. Okay, we'll do that. But I just want to set out what I felt we should look at more details. So on uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, we sort of covered the parliamentary um, session the committee of the whole where the ec chairperson the nia boss and the ministry of finance went to speak about the ci mm-hmm. so they've all spoken so we ha- we've heard what they said 
and I feel we need to discuss whether the proposal the EC is making has the merits that have been sold. So I, I think I had about three things. I heard the EC say the Ghana card should be the only identification system for registering voters. They've said also that they believe that the NIA system of um, um, guaranteeing is more robust than their own system. They've also said that they will be doing all year round registration and that they do not need um, that sort of limited registration exercise as an EC to register everybody else. And then listening to my panelists yesterday on the point of view, you had the NIA in July, we interviewed Professor Atefa here and we put a lot of questions to him about why there were so many people who hadn't had their car. Do you remember that time where we were? In fact, we had him in the studio. You all interviewed him with me. And we're asking why why haven't you um given people their some of the people hadn't had their cards issued somebody and their cards received and then the discussion at the time was that well you, the ni was not set up to work with deadlines and for me that's for me that's the biggest point i have against this this policy that when the uh, nca was doing the sim registration they imposed some deadline which deadline they had to keep changing because people were thronging the NIA offices for the cards and the cards were not available. Mm. And I remember the NIA said to me, look, we can issue cards around the clock. So you, you can't impose your deadline and then expect me to come and be delivering cards. And yesterday I put this question to Professor Atefa that when it was the NCA's self-imposed deadline for getting um, the, the Ghana card, to do their sim registration you said we don't know they obviously didn't consult you in the deadline they took in fact remember the letter he wrote to uh, i think it was to one of the institutions basically spelling out why they should not be blamed for the chaos happening with the whole in fact prior to that there was a whole conversation about which agency should be in charge of the sim registration and then the nca came to uh, brought a different company with their own data collection and people were asking why why have you invested in an nia system and then you've going to come up with your own system of collecting data remember how you remember this the register the sims mm -hmm. okay so then i i listened also to um the mp sale in july and even as early as october NIA was complaining about lack of resources about difficulties it was getting to sort of pushing the card getting people their cards then the ec comes to announce the ci that says that we're going to make the Ghana card the only means or the only identification system that you use to register for a voter. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the NIA is saying that, well, we can we can deliver. Mm -hmm. And then the finance, finance ministry, ministry where there's not been money for anything, mm -hmm. says, that says we can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. You know, wh what, are we, what are we saying here? So what I want to do is to give you some highlights of what both parties have said and then we'll chew the fat on that issue all right we'll take the because the ec and there are more parties so there, there are more than two parties there's the ec side of this. so what i mean by parties is not political parties. okay what i mean is the ec okay the finance. nia and the finance ministry those okay. three parties that's okay. what i mean not the political parties no so that people can understand what the ec is trying to say what the nia is trying to add and what the finance ministry is trying to explain okay all right then when we're done with that we can analyze for ourselves whether this is the way to clean the register or this is a recipe for chaos
Mm. All right, looking at the history of court cases around the voters register and all of that. So it's something I, I want to talk about. Sky wanted me to deal with the low voter turnout. I think the Nigerian election is over, so I, I wanted to move away from it. Okay, I no, don't, but, I, don't know but I, I think that first of all, I think there are legitimate issues to raise about the 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 quality of data that claims that Nigeria has ninety three million voters, or that the population of Nigeria is. 2 million, 200 million, in excess of 200 million. I what, think they what, are what, what is your problem? That's one side of looking at it, uh-huh. which is, because it doesn't make sense that you would have 93 million people on a voter's register and put together, we have some 20-something million people yes. determining yes. at an election who becomes president. The, all the votes put together is in excess of 20 million people. Yes. So voter turnout... 25.2 million people Exactly. Bernard, if Out you, of 93 million... 93 million 500,000 registered voters. When you look at it, I think people who appreciate data and how it works would, would raise issues about whether there is actual credibility oh. for the data as we know it. The oh. other side of it, I'm just throwing these issues Where out. Are you going with this the, the other side of it, Bernard, uh-huh. is that, yes, generally, politicians are losing credibility across the world, mm-hmm. particularly in Africa, mm-hmm. because of repeated promises will make you better. Mm-hmm. They come into office, they underperform, or they do not even perform at all. So you have a situation where the youth, the masses are becoming tired of politicians. Mm-hmm. The apathy has set in. People just say that, oh, country broke or you know broke, we day inside. Exactly. Look, whether it is PDP or APC or it's NDC, MPP, look, we'll still hustle. Mm-hmm. The people will not tell the truth. They don't have any vision beyond filling their pockets or enriching family members. And therefore, look, let me continue my little hustle. Manu Tonya Viajiko. So if you look at it within that context, then you also say that you have a huge number of the people out there who just decided that, look, we are not going out to vote. Then you also have, Mm -hmm. in my view, the other side, people who say that, look, at this point, what matters to me most? Should I preserve my life or I should go out there? Some tag who's been given a naira or two will come and choke me while I am, you know, waiting patiently to observe mm-hmm. you know a constitutionally imposed duty mm-hmm. as a citizen of nigeria to go out and vote because you want the, so, the so videos me, you, you know you use a lot of words are you you're saying the low turnout could either be lack of interest in the election because of lack of de- legitimacy or like the policies have not delivered mm-hmm. or people are being suppressed and intimidated not to vote exactly but you are not sure where to place the burden, whether it's the latter or the former. I would think that it's a, it's, it's a combination of all these factors. If the, my first basis is accurate, and you combine that with the apathy that we're seeing in the system, people simply not caring, and people fearing for their security. Let me give you some numbers to help you do your argument there. Since you want to do this, I, I thought I wanted to come to Ghana straight, but oh. I feel you can use this to still come back to Ghana, so I'll allow you that. Uh, 1999, so let's look at Nigeria's Fourth Republic. Mm. Uh, 99 voter turnout, 52%. Uh, 2003 voter turnout, 69%. 2007 voter turnout, 58%. 2011 voter turnout, 54%. Mm-hmm. 
2019 35% 2023 29% so so from 2003 69 it's come down to 58 54 43 35 29 i wanted to look for the ghana one for you voter turnout in ghana to to do the the comparison but um Godfrey, just a quick comment from you on this before Kaskai. Kaskai is basically saying that he's not sure whether the lower voter turnout in Nigeria is because of apathy, because people are disenchanted with politics, or suppression. Now, I I feel it's, 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 a, it's I think it's the second point more in the sense that the people are not feeling safe enough to vote, and also because of the original point you made about possibly the numbers being bloated mm-hmm. you know because um the 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 figures i mean 27 percent is very very low yep. for if you look at the the hype that peter will i mean the the buzz and the interest peter will be created in the election mm-hmm. this is one of the elections that people on social media have been so involved and if you look at the performance of peter obi it should tell you that they are it's surprising to have a lower turnout than 30 percent mm-hmm. You know, so there's a disconnect between what we see as people's genuine feeling that there's a, a chance to make a change, mm-hmm. and then the very very low turnout you see compared to previous elections. So, I I I I don't know what you think about that. Well, I, well, I I think we are still trying to make sense of the numbers, both in Ghana and then even those in Nigeria themselves. Um, those who, in Nigeria, for instance, um, since yesterday, I've been working with a couple of colleagues on trying to figure out um, some of the numbers. Uh, they are still dissing through them, and they also have questions. You know, um, there's an there's a school of thought that says this might actually be more representative than previous elections. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, because one, for instance, says that. They've never really known what voter turnout in Nigeria was before 2015. And that mm. parties used to inflate numbers. Um, mm-hmm. But improvements to the much maligned INEC tech has reduced vote padding since 2015. So the bigger numbers in the past, in were, the past artificial. were artificial. All right. Okay. All right. So now they are saying that because one, the BVAs have closed the loopholes on incidents reports which allowed people not to vote or register to vote. And then it is unclear that voter register has been completely purged of deaths since 2015. So mm. also, uh, you know, the... So so you're saying that there are questions. even though the turnout is consistently coming down, yes, it should not be seen from a negative point of view because it could actually mean that the 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 register is getting cleaner. Yes. No, but you see, if the register is getting cleaner, the base must be smaller. Yes. Unless you're saying that the the you see because if if the if the number of people supposedly on the register is large, mm-hmm. and yet they are not representative of real human beings, mm-hmm. then you can actually pad. So the fact that you're having fewer vote people turn out to vote only then confirms that the register is bloated. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? Yes. So what is better is to get. A register that's actually closer to the reality. Yes, which is what they've not been able to do, which is the point I'm saying that there's a school of thought who have said that mm-hmm. the, the register exists. Uh-huh. All right. So, for instance, the number of people who have gone to tell INEC that 
our relatives have died. <laughs> Nobody's going there to tell. So those people are still on the register. So your base is big. Mm-hmm. Okay. But post 2015, and we're talking about post 2015, where these improvements have been made, we are seeing what we might be seeing now might actually be closer to reality. As in, in the people who come out to vote. In the people who come out to vote. But, so but, over... but, but, but see, this is my challenge. The INEC claimed that they had um, issued over 87 million PVs. Yes. But that's, that's ridiculous. Yes, but if that overstates the actual voting you, population. How, how do you give 87 million PVCs and you have only 25 million people turn out to vote? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, let's look at Ghana. Our case, you know, so Nigeria, as I said, after 99, it went up to 2003, then it's been coming down all through. Ghana vacillates. So in uh, 2000, it was, uh, the turnout was very low. It was um, 58 percentage. All right. Let me, I just want to move this. You see. And, and then, then 2004, it was 84, which is the highest in mm-hmm. the Fourth Republic. Then 2008, it came down to a little below 70, so 69. 2012, it went up again to 77. Then 2016, it came back down to 68. Then 2020, it went back up to 79. So you notice that for us, we are consistently above 60. In fact, the lowest for Ghana was 2000, where it was a little below, it was around 60. But from 2004, so if you use Nigeria and Ghana, uh, from 2003, Nigeria, Mm -hmm. and then Ghana 2004, our turnout has been much, much more impressive. So 84, 2004, uh, 70, 2008, 77, 2012, 66, 2016, and then 79, 2020. Nigeria has come down now. Now it's now 20 something. Yes. So you can conclude that. So, okay. So let's, let's, are you saying that Ghanaians are more, are you saying that Ghanaians are more? Register. No, hold on. Are you saying that Ghanaians are more or Ghanaians are less apathetic? Let's deal with the apathy argument first. Mm-hmm. That Ghanaians are less apathetic than Nigerians when it comes to elections. I'm saying that that point will be harder to make for Nigeria than Ghana because we have a relatively stronger voters register than they do. Good. Okay. So our register so, is more close to so reality perhaps, than theirs. Yes. So perhaps it will take another two or three elections for us to actually draw a new baseline based on the improvements that have come into play in Nigeria since 2015. Because historically as well, the system was that people used to be allowed to register twice. Mm-hmm. So the city where they work, but also in their home village. All those things are in the system in Nigeria. Yeah. They're part of the 87 million <laughs> who are there. But how do you... And then also, their ID system is like ours. We are trying to improve ours. The ID system is, was, is but still less. Not just, how do you, you say that you're going to... And this is the other problem the opposition has. That people were supposed to use electronic verification yeah. before they were made to vote, but this does not happen. Uh-huh. Okay, and even with that not happening, mm-hmm. the turnout is still very low mm-hmm. because you'd have expected that. Well, if if they let their guard down and people who were not electronically verified voted, mm-hmm. you have more people voting. But the number is actually coming down. So I think that for Nigeria, the problem is that the register is either hopelessly bloated mm-hmm. or there's some massive voter suppression that makes a lot of people fear to even come out i see so the the suppression argument you can extend it to even cover those people who go to the polling stations hoping to vote they woke up as early as 5 30 in the morning or four 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 o'clock in the morning went to the voting uh, polling center to vote only for them to be told that look the INEC people haven't arrived you wait until two 
and you're standing in a, in a, in a queue, people have come in late, and now you are being taught how to vote in, in, in Nigeria. Then what happens is some people naturally will get tired and go home because they have other things to do. So one of the things that people do to suppress votes generally in Africa is to delay the process. For instance, if you go and they tell you that, oh, we can no longer uh, accommodate uh, the BVR or the verification machines because of A, B, C, D. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason you are told that your name is not on the register. Then you have a problem. And we have seen that in, in elections in Ghana. And we've seen that reports from Nigeria suggested that some people simply decided that at this point they were tired of the process and they were going home. So it comes back to the question of suppression, which I made earlier and which you, you sought right. to expand. I want to uh, do two more things. For, for listeners and then I'll bring in the NIA thing because I think it's very related right mm -hmm. so I see a few correlations in Ghana which I'm not sure are causal but they are certainly correlations so the first correlation I see which I've made during the analysis is that every time you have a low turnout and I'm using 70 as your average if when you have a low turnout, there's a change in government. But when you have a high turnout, an incumbent wins for Ghana. And, and you can f take that for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. In the year 2000, I was in a university. This was the first time I voted. This was mm -hmm. when Kufo won the election. There was a massive buzz about voting. Mm -hmm. I had, how old was I? I was 19. I look, my mate, everybody I know voted, right? So I felt and I decided that this was going to be a high turnout election. I remember the second round, Kufo's Asiya hot thing. Guess what? The turnout was 60%. Now, that can then raise issues with the, the register's credibility at the time because you could say the register was too bloated. Because there are a lot of poor votes, the turnout was only 62%. Now, 2004, Kufo is in power. Mm -hmm. um, turnout is 84%. And he maintains his victory. Mm -hmm. So, it would seem as if the new register they did sort of cleaned it up so it was a bit smaller. They sort of suppressed, I don't know how to put it, but they sort of reduced the bloat. So it's 84. Now, 2008, Akufuado versus Mills. Again, I felt, I was in the UK, okay, but I felt like people like, I want to vote. But I, these people, they have not done well. Economy is not doing well. Mills wins the election by 40,000 votes. Turnout is below 70. Mm. All right? Then 2012, Mahama... A male dies. Mahama is, has like five months to campaign. His vice president becomes president. Campaign was building up a lot. And then the males just sort of disrupted everything. And then MP, NDC makes Mahama the candidate. They didn't even do a primaries. Um, I didn't see a lot of buzz about that election because we're all dumping by Mills' death. I know we covered that. Deal. Guess what? Voter turnout jumps from 70% to 78%, 79%. All right? This is an election that, as an observer, I didn't feel was that exciting. Mm -hmm. This is the election that MPP took to court, mm -hmm. claimed that there were issues with Reagan. The court dismisses by majority vote. and all of that. Yes. So the turnout had jumped from 2008-70 to 77. Mm -hmm. 2016, again, this is like Akufuado's main... They seem to be like Charlie Mahama, incompetent, they should go, we are tired. Giddy, 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 giddy. Turnout is low. 60... Seven. Mm -hmm. All right. Then 2020, rather, where people are like, oh, Charlie, 
won't vote. We are tired. The politicians are the same. Akufado has disappointed us. So give in fact Kojo Akuso used to say they should create uh what do you call it? A, 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 a column for no the above. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Turnout is close to 80%. So I don't understand. The only thing sense I can make out of this is that when the turnout is high, the incumbent sort of wins. So it ap- appears to me that when the turnout is lower, mm-hmm. supporters of the government stay away from the election. Mm-hmm. So the turnout comes tends to be low. Which is why in 2008 there was a change in government because presumably MPP people felt disappointed they didn't come out. And 2016, you can say NDC people too didn't come out. So NDC lost. That's the only sense I can make from this because the sentiment you get from people in them when you are covering elections, for years that the turnout is low, it's rather the opposite. Because usually when people are unhappy, I expect turnout to be high. But some other unhappiness translates into incumbent people not rather voting. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the media gives um, the mic to people who are angry with the government. So they make it seem as if they'll go out massively to vote against the government. But the government's people stay away. So in 20, 2008, the MPP people stayed away. In 2016, the NDC people stayed away, mm-hmm. which is why the turnout is low. Now, if this trend is to continue, then 2024, you're going to expect a lower turnout because presumably MPP people are going to stay away because they are disappointed in Akufado. Mm-hmm. And then this is going to win the election. Mm-hmm. If that's if this continues to continue. But I'm, I'm saying that our register makes a lot more sense. The Nigeria one is completely... I, I, I mean, I don't understand. I don't even understand how, you know. And maybe when we come back, we can do some historical analysis there because as I said to you, the, the, that country's censuses have always been controversial. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the claims they make are not really backed by what is on the ground. All right. And as I said, there were articles around how the first census, all three sites bloated their register and they've never really recovered from it. Mm-hmm. And because the resources in that country are divided on the basis of population, people have a reason to part. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you, you can't tell me that with the bus, Peter will be generated in Lagos mm-hmm. out of 7 million voters, only mm-hmm. half a million people voted for. I mean, it's almost like Accra votes because Accra has 5 million citizens. We have about 2 million voters or so. I'm sure any people probably get the same thing that they go in Lagos. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. All right. So let's take a break. Let's do check and social media trends. And by the way, we will bring this into the Ghana card issue. Uh, the other thing I need to give you, I want to give you some homework, Sky. Talk to me. Find out for me the years we did a new register. Okay. I want to see if I can draw a correlation because I've just drawn a correlation between change of government and turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, check for me which years we compiled a new register. Let me see if I can draw a correlation between that and voter turnout. All right, so do that homework for me. Whilst I do tech and social media trends, and you have only five minutes to do it anyway. <laughs> so, tech and social media trends is next. It's brought to us by Cowbank. Don't let the stress of planning the burial and funeral service of your loved one detract you from the the, the, from bidding your final goodbyes, let Cal Bank take charge of collecting the funeral donations. Call the Cal Bank in Sawa collection platform where you instantly receive an alert whenever any donation is made and you get a detailed statement to see all the donations made. Call 0800 500 500 or chat with us online on our social media or send an email to customer care at calbank.net. Segment also brought to you by Vodafone. All right, go, Fred. All right, then, Bernard, quickly, let me take you to the trends. Uh, football is trending, Alejandro Garnacho, but uh, for our interest, Tinubu is trending still quite high in Ghana at number six. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people making fun. His so age if, has come up. If a supporter of Obi is an obedient, what's a supporter of Tinubu? 
it's a tinobite tinobite mm. yes uh his age seems to be give you know and him winning has uh, regenerated the Twitter banter between Ghana and Nigeria. Ghanaians are laughing at Nigerians yeah, they, 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 they say our 78-year-olds look younger than their 70-year-old. Yeah, you know. That's the problem. With that. <laughs> because we know our man, he, we know he's 77 to 78. We have accepted it. But they, they say their man is 71. And one of my favorite Tinubu <laughs> videos comes from a, uh, an account called Coded Mickey. Uh-huh. So if you're on Twitter, just get on coded Mickey. He says Tinubu is the class prefect of all 70-year-olds in Nigeria. So <laughs> you can get on coded. But you know when you see his picture without the hat. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, remember grow. Yeah, but also other things. Uh, people are talking about potential. What he can do for the tech industry. Yeah. All those things have come up. Yeah. Um, but mostly lots of Manchester United related tweets. Uh, sorry, tweets. Mm-hmm. Quickly, let me give you some updates mm-hmm. on some things that are happening. So TikTok, mm-hmm. uh, in response to concerns about too much time being spent, especially by children, is setting a sixty-minute daily screen time limit for users who are under eighteen. Mm-hmm. So if young people hit the new limits, they'll have to enter a passcode to continue to use the service that day. The thing is, though, they will be able to opt out of the new measure. Mm-hmm. Are they which, age 18 too? Yes. What I'm saying, it depends on where you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. And TikTok says they'll roll this out in the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks. So that's something to uh, mm-hmm. look forward to in answer to that particular uh, criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Elon Musk... Huh, just 48 hours after uh, he reclaimed his crown as the world's richest person, he has been dethroned uh, again. Now, his net worth fell by $2 billion as of this morning um, to $184 billion. Wow. Uh, yes, yes. So, uh, he knocked off um, Louis Vuitton's Arno, but now... Arnaud. Yes, the... Bernard Arnaud has overtaken him. How is this guy? He he's worth 186 billion. That, the that, guy is like that, 80 that, something years old. Does it even matter who's first or second? They yes. Are, they are both very rich. <laughs> so Elon Musk mm-hmm. is now back at number two. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a quick to do. Uh, this is something that seems pretty simple. A lot of people don't know how to do. So I'm just going to run you through this. How to hide your online status on WhatsApp okay. to protect privacy. So you can hide your online status on WhatsApp. That's also known as the last scene in your privacy settings. So basically what you do is you start the WhatsApp app on your phone, go to settings on the privacy page, open last scene online, mm-hmm. choose how you want to hide your last scene status, and then you will be fine right. uh, to go through that. And then uh, let me see if I can just give you one more update. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just leave it. All right, Olivia, now. thank you very much. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Twelve minutes past eight, City Breakfast Show. If you're finding it challenging managing our value added services on Vodafone, then the Vodafone Content Manager now allows you to check, control, and subscribe to value added services with ease. Be in control of all your mobile content subscriptions and choose the type of content that suits your style. Simply dial star 463 hash or visit my Vodafone app now to conveniently manage all your content subscriptions. Vodafone further together. Now, Monday is Sith March. It's a holiday and you can come spend the day with us at the Royal Sinchi. Enjoy bed, breakfast and dinner at a special Sinchi weekday promo for 2,500 cities per night. Call Linda on 0242-886-510 for more details. The Royal Sinchi is still Ghana's leading hotel. 
It was right after his studies in recycle management that Paul Kofi accepted the challenge of building houses with plastic waste. Today, not only does he help in recycling waste to save the environment, Paul provides jobs for many Ghanaians. At Absa, this is what we call Africanacity, the distinct ability of the Ghanaian to get things done. Africanacity is our inspiration. It defines who we are and what we do. It's our commitment to helping people find a way to get things done. To find out more, go to absa.com.gh. The Cybersecurity Authority in exercising its mandate has started the licensing of cybersecurity service providers and accreditation of cybersecurity establishments and professionals in the country. To the regulatory activity uh, is from the 1st of March to the 30th of September this year. Details are available online csa.gov.gh note that CSPs will operate without license after 30th September will be liable to pay administrative penalties in accordance with the Cyber Security Act Act 1038 please engage the services of only licensed and accredited industry players now if you missed out on the general admissions worry not Heritage Christian University is inviting you to register this year for some very great programs baba programs in accounting marketing human resource management banking finance and more we have bsc infotech and info security we also have professional qualifications like cimg icm and short courses for media call 54 that's 54 or go to hcu.edu.gh all right, uh, some people are asking me to give more details about the voters register from 2000. So let me just do it three things. I'll mention the population. So somebody has a pension, write this down. The number of voters and then the turnout for every election since 2000, right? Then you get a sense of the relationship between the total population in Ghana, the number of voters and the turnout. So in the year 2000, Ghana had a population of 19.2 million, right? Our voters were 10.7 million. And the turnout was 61%. Mm-hmm. All right? So 61% of the 10 million people voted. So that's around 6 million people voted. So 19 million people, 10 million, or 10.7 million voters, 61% turnout. Now, ch- check this out, Sky. Mm-hmm. In t- 2004, the population had increased from 19 million to 21 million. So there was a 2.2 million jump. Yeah, the voters reduced. So there was a new register, right? Because the voters register was 10.7 million in 2000. It came down to 10.3 million. 10.3 million. In 2004. So this is when Kufu had taken over. They did a new register and the numbers came down from 10.7 to 10.3. Turnout increased astronomically from 61 to 85. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. So population increases, voter register reduces, Mm -hmm. turnout increases. Now, 2008, voters, a population increases from 21 million to 23 million. Mm-hmm. So, you're seeing a 2 million jump every year. Yeah. 19 to 21, between 2000 and 2004, mm-hmm. 21 to 23.5 in the next four years. Number of voters now jumps from 10.3 to 12.4. Mm-hmm. So, the new voters register. Exactly, because you have the register that was in 2000 was only 10.37 million. Okay came down to 10.3 in 2004 and then goes up to 12.4. Mm-hmm. So that's by like almost 2 million. Turn out to 70%. So it comes down from 85 to 70%. 2012, national population is now 25 million from 23 million. So the 2 million increase is constant for the population. Every four years, we increase by 2 million. Voter register 
jumps from 12.4 million to 14 million so that's like 1.5 million more voters out of the 2.5 million new people turnout increases to 79 almost 80 percent 80 percent right mm -hmm. 2016 population is now 28 million from 25 million so 3 million more mm -hmm. registered voters jumps from 14 million to just 15 million mm -hmm. so that's like a 1 million increase 15.7 million voter turnout drops drastically to 68 percent wow. right mm -hmm. then 2020 population is now 30.9 million Registered voters jumps from 15.7 million to 17 million, and the turnout is back to 79 percent, or a similar level for the 2012. So 2020 and 2012 had the same turnout of 79 percent. So that's just to give you the background there. I don't know if you've been able to find out for me. Okay, so um, the 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 the, the result is not there sitting down as it's you, you have to uh, pull so it from I'm, different I'm places. Collating. So in 1992, before the elections proper, we had to put together a register. Uh, in 2004, again, we, we we did a new voters register. In 2000, so take your time, take your time. Which year? 1992, before the elections proper, Obviously. we compiled a new voters register. In 2004, we did another register. So mm -hmm. we threw the old one away which is why it came down from 10.7 to 10.3 exactly mm -hmm. and then in 2008 we did not do a new register what we did was to update the old one in 2006 which took the number to 2000, uh, 12 million voters so we jumped from 10.3 mm -hmm. to 12.4 so 2.1 million new, new voters joined the register yeah, that's right. 2008 what about 2012 uh -huh. 2012 we did a new voters register this was when we introduced the biometric verification and uh, so you are jumping from 12.4 4 million mm -hmm. to 14 million. For 14 million. So that's about 1.5 million more voters. So yeah. there's a new register in 2012. 2012. What about 2016? 2016. That's what I've, I've not been able to find. Okay, listeners, please, if you can help us with that information to help us. All right, uh, let's come to the NIE. Mm -hmm. I, okay, let's listen to the, the EC chair first. Okay, then we can make submissions. Here's Mrs. Jean Mensa speaking on Tuesday in Parliament. This is an issue that borders on the sovereignty of our nation. Simply put, only eligible Ghanaians must be entitled to vote. And we call on our honorable members to support our efforts to prevent foreigners and minors from getting onto our electoral roll. Honorable members, using the Ghana card as the main source documents for the continuous registration by using the ghana card as the main source of documentation for the continuous registration the electoral commission will be conforming to the legislative instrument passed by parliament namely the national identity register regulations 2011 legislative instrument 2111. Regulation 7 1 states that a national identity card issued to an individual shall be used for a number of transactions where identification is required. Indeed, one of the mandatory transactions stated in Regulation 7 1 is the registration of voters. As such, Parliament, by its own assent, legitimized the Ghana card as a sole document to prove one's citizenship. 
Mr. Speaker, as mentioned earlier, although the Ghana card was not the only required document to prove a person's eligibility in 2020, at the end of the exercise, over 60% or about 10 million of registered voters use the Ghana card as their main source of identification. This means that two years ago, some 10 million Ghanaians registered with the Ghana card. Today, we are reliably informed that over 60 million Ghanaians have been issued with the Ghana card, and that about 17 million Ghanaians in total have registered for the Ghana card. On the strength of these numbers, we are confident that the 1.5 million applicants we are expecting to register by the end of 2013 are likely to already possess the Ghana card. Relying on the 2021 census report, Mr. Speaker, relying on the 2021 census report and per our own estimates, we are likely to register between 450,000 and 550,000 Ghanaians every year. We believe that the 17 million people that the NIA has registered, we believe that of the 17 million persons that the NIA has registered, it is likely that the 450 believe, Mr. Speaker, that of the 17 million persons that the NIA has registered, it is highly probable that the 450 to 550 persons we intend to register annually already have the card as we speak. Mr. Speaker, with the NIA assurance that it will commence its card issuance in a matter of weeks, we encourage those who do not have the card to begin the process of acquiring the card to enable them register as voters. The NIA has its registration centers across the districts and the regional capitals and therefore accessing their facilities will not be a challenge. Additionally, since the card is acquired at the age of 15, we encourage any Ghanaian who will turn 18 in 2023 and 2024 and who is interested in voting in the country's election to visit the nearest NIA registration center and register for the Ghana card to enable him or her also register as a voter when he or she becomes eligible. It is important to note that all those who registered in 2020 are not part of this registration exercise because all their details, including their biometric features, are intact. This registration is for those who did not take part in the 2020 registration exercise and for those who, turned, who have turned 18 years since the last voters' registration exercise in 2020. As an institution, the Electoral Commission remains committed to reforms aimed at strengthening the integrity of its processes. We believe that the elimination of the guarantor system from our registration process will be a catalyst for a further deepening of the integrity and credibility of our register and ultimately our elections as a whole Reforms instituted by the Commission over the years, Mr. Speaker, have aimed at strengthening and tightening our electoral process. And 
have ensured its credibility and integrity. All right, so, so the highlights from Mrs. Jimenez's statement is that um, the 2020 registration that was done, about 60% of the people who registered used a Ghana card as their main ID. That means 40% did not. Mm-hmm. And um, she's saying they expect about 1.5 million new people to want to enter the register in this round of registration, which they would do on a daily basis. Let's go back to the years of new registers to just give some context. So, as I said, 2000, there was a, a turnout of... Uh, the population in Ghana was, uh, in the year 2000 was um, 19 million. And the, the turnout was 60... Uh, just give me a minute. The turnout was about 60-something percent the new register years have been 2004 2008 and 2020. no uh, no 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 yeah so 2004 there was a, a new register yes in 2008 we just updated the register uh-huh so there was no new register yeah but 2012 there yes. was a new voters register yes that's what i'm saying and then in 2000 there was a new voters register good so so i'm saying so 2000 mm-hmm. 2004 no yeah, yeah, 2004, yes. That's 2012? Correct. Yes, that's correct. And then 2020? 2020. Correct. Good. So, under Kufo, there was a new register. Under Mills, Muhammad there was a new register. Mm-hmm. And under there's a new register. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we didn't have a new register in 08. 08 was just an update. Yeah, it was an update. 2016 was to just clean the register of people who had NHIS cards. Uh-huh. Great. And 1992 uh, was simply... Good. Now, does this CI propose to do a new register or to just do a 2016 type of uh-huh so you see that's a gray area mm. why am i saying it's a gray area if you look at it mm. what the electoral commission is proposed to proposing to do is to revoke the existing legislation on voter registration mm-hmm. now the argument is that if the law in force is revoked without savings provisions so savings provisions are those provisions in a law that say that regardless or despite mm-hmm. the revocation or the repeal of an existing legislation mm-hmm. there are specific provisions that still apply mm-hmm. you understand so if saving provisions are enforced then what it means is that the, some provisions in the old law will still be applicable mm-hmm. or the things that they did previously will still be enforced mm-hmm. now the argument is that if this new ci is put into force mm-hmm. and it does not have savings provisions what it will mean then is that what is the fate of the old register because legally some people take the view that it becomes dead and therefore you need to compile a new voters register what the electoral commission is telling us is that they do not intend to put together a new voters register However, they intend to do a limited voters registration exercise, which exercise will only accept Ghana card or the National Identification Authority cards as the only source document for proving that you are a Ghanaian. Mm-hmm. You understand? I do. But some lawyers believe that given their understanding of the law, if the old law is revoked by the new CI, then what it means is that the EC would have to compile a new register. Of is course, there other a precedent? I, I'm told that in 2016, some people went to court to ask for the uh, exclusion of people with a, 
NHIA card mm -hmm. in their registration from the register. Mm -hmm. uh, so do you foresee do you foresee a similar situation where if this proposal from the EC that they want to use the Ghana card as the only means of registration for a voter, if it if it goes through, mm -hmm. can somebody not go to court and say, well, if forty percent of the poll on your register came without the Ghana card, mm -hmm. and you are saying every new entrance has come with the Ghana card, there's an absurdity. So you either have to expunge all those non-Ghana card people mm -hmm. and do a new register completely. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if I don't have a Ghana card and you say you let me go on the register, you are discriminating against me because mm -hmm. forty percent of the people on your register mm -hmm. don't have the Ghana card, mm -hmm. and yet they are on the register. Mm -hmm. Why should I be forced to have a Ghana card to get on the same register that forty percent of people on don't have a Ghana card? Do you get my, my argument? That's right. So I I I, I see some legal points, and then there's also some logical questions around if I need a passport. Mm -hmm. To get a Ghana card, mm -hmm. I need a bed set to get a Ghana card. I need a relative to guarantee me to get a Ghana card, mm -hmm. right? Now, a Ghana card can help me open a bank account. A Ghana card can help me get on register, but my passport that gave me the Ghana card cannot get me the voters register. The mm -hmm. passport that gave me the Ghana card cannot get me to open a bank account. Mm -hmm. The uh, birth certificate that got me the Ghana card mm -hmm. cannot get me to go on the register. The birth set cannot get me to the... Like, what's the point? Because the input for the Ghana card is what I've just mentioned for you. So if the input is as good... I asked Ken, I think about that question yesterday. He was basically saying that it's because the process that they, the NIA, take those inputs through mm -hmm. is more rigorous. Mm -hmm. So for them, they say, yes, a passport gives you a Ghana card, but what a Ghana card can do for you, a passport cannot do because they subject the passport to some rigorous test before they then give you the card. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like the, the process of the Ghana card is what is now making it an exclusive point. Mm -hmm. Then the whole issue of the challenges the Ghana card issuance itself has faced, mm -hmm. where a number of people haven't had the card, people have been registered, but the card has not been issued, they owe the supplier, and all these issues. You get, and then, of course, the state problems like NIA itself, when it started talking in, 29, uh, 20, in, in, in 2022 July about the self the, the, almost the an unrealistic deadlines mm -hmm. that other third parties had imposed on them and then how now they don't really see the voting thing as a deadline the whole thing seems contrived do, okay. do you get me okay. and, and i feel like they the, the, the it has to be properly thought through okay so let me take them apart for you bernard mm. first of all the ec as we know has the authority under article 42 of the Constitution, uh, 45 of the Constitution, to perform the following functions. To compile a voter's register and revise it as set previous at it may, and, and that is determined by law. To demarcate the electoral boundaries uh, for both national and local government elections. To conduct and supervise all public elections and referenda. To educate people on the electoral process. To undertake programs uh, for the expansion of the registration of voters. Mm -hmm. And then also to perform other functions as may be prescribed by law. So the question of whether or not the EC can go to the what do you call it the the parliament of ghana to ask that a new law be put in place to do a b and c is not in doubt mm -hmm. because the constitutional creations like the electoral commission when they want to perform certain tax the law imposes or the constitution imposes an obligation on them to go before the house with a constitutional instrument mm -hmm. detailing how they intend to do the new act mm -hmm. However, there is an earlier provision, which is Article 42 of the Constitution, which mm -hmm. says that every citizen of Ghana 
of 18 years of age or above mm -hmm. and of sound mind has the right to vote and is entitled to be registered as a voter for purposes of public elections and referenda. Mm -hmm. So the person is 18 years, is mm -hmm. of sound mind mm. and is a Ghanaian and is therefore entitled by reason of this provision to register and vote. Mm -hmm. Now the electoral commission has the power to determine how the registration process is done. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is to ensure that we are testing who is claiming to be a Ghanaian mm -hmm. and we are sure that the person who is registering is a Ghanaian. Mm -hmm. Now, the question we should ask ourselves is whether when a person turns 18, merely because he does not have a Ghana card, loses his right to vote in an election. And I submit respectfully that that should be responded to in the negative because the fact that you live in Bunkurugu Yunyu without access to a registration center where they are doing Ghana card registration should not mean that when you turn 18 and because you have not been able to get to the district center mm -hmm. or you have not been able to get to a center where they are doing national ID registration, you are not entitled to vote because you have not been able to secure a Ghana card. Basker, entitlement to vote is, is, is guaranteed though. But can we say the same for somebody without a birth set or a passport or a voter card? Yeah. Because I can say I'm a Ghanaian and I'm 18, mm -hmm. I should vote. But you need a voter ID card to vote. That's true. So if we stretch your argument, then mm -hmm. anybody who's 18 years old can just simply walk and say, let me vote. No, but So see, my point is that mm -hmm. every right that you have imposes certain responsibilities on you mm -hmm. to allow you to... Um, enjoy that right that's true so yes you must if you are 18 you are entitled to vote but if you want to vote you need a voter card yeah. so the only thing that because they have the constitution here, says that the constitution says what? yes the we, constitution says to compile a register of voters and yeah. revise it yes that's what i'm saying that yeah. so 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 you, you see you, the point you're making about the ghana card it shouldn't be an exclusive point for the ghana card in the sense that mm. If the right is is inalienable, mm -hmm. then it means that the right should be enjoyed irrespective of what. But I'm saying that even though that right is very clearly stated, mm -hmm. you are still enjoined to get... You, you need to find your name on the register to vote. Yes. Even though you are 18. So you can be 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. If you are not registered, you can't vote. Yes, that's true. And so I'm saying that the only difference here is mm -hmm. that they've used a Ghana card and not a different thing. Aha, you see, that's the point I'm making. That you are, you are looking at it as though... Um, you are not minded by the fact that the Electoral Commission has the power to register. I made that concession that you read the two provisions together. One says you have to be 18 but years But the Constitution has not imposed on the EC what registration modus to use. Uh -huh. So that's why I reference you to the fact that the CI, the, when Constitution creates an institution and gives it powers to do specific things, the same constitution insists that when the, that power is to be exercised as a constitutional creation, you use a CI, which is a constitutional instrument, which goes to parliament for 21 sitting days to become law, to operationalize the powers that you have been given. Mm -hmm. So that is what the Electoral Commission is doing now. Yes. My argument is that a person is 18 years or over, which means the person, you know, is, has satisfied one of the conditions. You are 18. Mm -hmm. The person is of sound mind, mm -hmm. which means that he has satisfied the other condition. The person is a Ghanaian, mm -hmm. which means that he has satisfied that, that other condition. All read together, he should be able to get onto the voters' register and vote. Good. The Electoral Commission is saying that, yes, you may be 18 years. Yes, you may be of sound mind. 
yes you may be a Ghanaian but because you do not have a Ghana card to prove which then becomes the ultimate test for whether or not you qualify to vote you are not able to be admitted onto the register. Okay, now let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Assuming the Ghana card was not the device being used or the system being used how does Bernard Avle prove that he is a Ghanaian and that he's 18 to get on the card prior to this CI? Uh -huh. So then, the, the, you see, the likes of Afarijan, in their wisdom, said that because a person doesn't lose his citizenship merely because he become 18, said that what? You, Bernard Avle, you have a, God forgive me, your father is departed to the next world, but your mother is alive. Mm -hmm. You can bring your mother to the voting center and say that, oh, the registration center. Yeah, the registration center. Say that. Oh, uh, this is my mother. She will tell who the mother was, who the father. So you was. can trace whether exactly. they are from here or not. Uh huh. So that information is collated. Mm -hmm. If there are people at the center who dispute the claim of your mother, they put in a dispute. With dispute, the electoral commission would have to decide on and come to a resolution that oh, what your mother came to say was was false and therefore we are not entering you onto the register or the people have come to validate what your mother said and therefore you are entitled to be put on the register mm. for some reason some people just all of a sudden think that look that whole process is not good is subject to abuse and because it is subject to abuse they are introducing the Ghana card as the only source document for determining because whether they are or not. saying that the Ghana card's guarantee system is more robust than the EC's guarantee system that you just described, uh -huh. which some people dispute. Mm -hmm. Where do you sit on that? Do you agree with those who say the Ghana card? Because again, I asked Professor Tefa this yesterday. He says, even indeed, Dafia Meko agrees with you that an oath is an oath, mm -hmm. and that. Once you swear an oath before somebody to say I am a Ghanaian mm -hmm. with a, a guarantor one or two, it should be as powerful as the oath you swear before a commission of oaths. Mm -hmm. Professor Tifa thinks no. He says that the type of oath that you take in front of a commission of oaths is of greater weight than the simply affirmation for the East. But, uh, let me dismiss. No, no I'm just saying that that's the two. That's the two positions, and I'm saying between Roxen and uh, Prof, which one are you on? With the greatest respect, you know, Professor Atefa is a respected law. You know, he's achieved so many things in it. But you see, I think he's forgetting the fact that still on our statute books, there's a law that says that deceit of a public officer is a crime in our country. What it means is when you, Bernard, you go to the Electoral Commission and you tell them that look, you are from Peking. When in fact you are not a Ghanaian, you are not from Peki, you are from some place in Azerbaijan. And then they find out subsequently that indeed you, Bernard, you are not from Peki and you lie to a, a public officer in the person of the Electoral Commission folks. Spanish have You can be prosecuted and put behind. So whether what? so your point is that whether it's before a commissioner of oats or not, it's not. It, it is immaterial whether the person So when is the when the ECJ, when the ECJ goes to Parliament and tells Parliament that the NIA guarantor system is more robust than theirs. You disagree with yeah, that? Yeah, because the oath is basically saying that, oh, yes, I am accepting responsibility for what I am saying, and that if consequences flow from this thereafter, then you can take me on. And I'm saying that already there's a law that says you cannot lie to a public officer. So you don't think there's any problem with the ECJ? Yeah, in the performance of his functions. So uh, Roxen's point was that they are trying to give the old register and EC's 
processes a bad name to hang it uh -huh. because they want to use the NIA system. But okay. in his view, mm -hmm. the EC system has no problem. Exactly. The EC system and has he, no he problem. He said, for example, that when the EC chairperson was interviewed in 2020 October, mm -hmm. she said we have a very good register. And then now she's saying they found 40,000 names of uh, minors and other people in the register. So it's almost all of a sudden, mm -hmm. they are finding for the register that they thought was the best register before the 2020 elections. Mm -hmm. So it's part of a grand plan to simply force this Ghana card on people. Now, the second question I have is, do, do you think this de should depend on the... So what if the, like, Kenatefa and Kwa are saying, we can deliver as many cards as people want? And that, for example, when uh, the MP was asking about his constituency, mm -hmm. Mr. Tefa said, look, we are going to make it possible to give he says, he says we can do all the 2 million cards that people would need based on his calculation mm -hmm. in 6 months. Mm -hmm. So his point is that every eligible Ghanaian who wants a Ghana card will get it. So we should not worry about disenfranchising people because everybody who is a Ghanaian mm -hmm. who needs to register for the election using the Ghana card will get it because money has been made available. Mm. Should, we, sh should, we, should we take that or go back to the basis for even the Ghana card in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because it, because, initially, I'm asking, because initially, when I heard Atu Forsen, mm -hmm. he was basically saying, if the EC, if the NIA will do the right thing and everybody will get their Ghana card, they don't have a problem. Mm -hmm. But then subsequently he says, no, drop the whole thing. Now, so Graphic is reporting that mm -hmm. minority is saying that now we don't even want you to bring this whole CI because mm -hmm. the Ghana card has their sole registration is wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think a few days before that, the tone was like, if NIA will do the work, we are okay. Okay, so the, let me take that in two parts. The first part is that the NIA and this private partner, they have demonstrated that they are capable, they have the capacity to deliver. Mm -hmm. And let me, let, let me just reference this. Between 2019, April and December 2022, they have been able to produce in excess of 15.7 million cards. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the registration that they have done. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the fact that the population of Ghana is some 30 million people, mm -hmm. and about half of that number was registered between um, 2019 and 2022, then one can argue, stretch and argue that, yes, they have the capacity to deliver and they have the competence to do it. It is not in doubt. However, has that competence been tempered in any way by government's own lack of commitment and the commitment of resources to ensure that these guys so government picks and chooses when to support it to, for the thing to work and e when not to support it exactly so if the government makes money available the people deliver uh -huh. then the government doesn't make money available then the cards are held somewhere exactly so the question is not about the capacity of the people mm -hmm. The real question is about whether we the EC needs to bring this compulsory thing in the first place. Exactly. We need to separate those two points. Those two points. So you're saying if you opposing what the EC is doing is not necessarily saying you don't think the NIA people can produce the card, mm -hmm. but it's a separate question. Yeah, exactly. The real question is why are you imposing the Ghana? But Pascal, in a sense, it's related because if the NIA and their people say that their system is the most robust, mm -hmm. and they are saying that their card, for example, they give an example that. Where I think recently there was somebody with different names. Mm -hmm. That person, when they checked the NIA system, the person had only one name and the person had only one NIA card. Mm -hmm. But the person presumably had two passports, two different different things. Mm -hmm. So their point was that this is the only system that is able to prevent dual identities. Mm -hmm. So it's the best system mm -hmm. to 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 have a register that is cleaner. 
Do you get that logic? That because you're saying you don't think that people have a problem with delivery, but the, the argument is not a delivery argument. They are saying not only can we deliver, our system is the best because the processes we take people through before we give them the card are so rigorous, mm. and the card itself has so much capacity that even SNIT is saying that we don't even need you to have a SNIT card. Yeah. Okay, so if you believe that argument, then you should be able to believe the EC2 when they say that. That is why we feel that the people's system better than our own system. Bernard, do, do you get my logic? Bernard, do you know why the, the, the NIA system is considered robust and credible? Because you can guarantee that the system talks to other you know, government agencies. So there is that interaction. The DVLA, that interaction. The passport office, that interaction. And then if it is scaled up, if you go to a bank and they key in your details, it should be possible for them to raise limited data on you the data that is relevant for only their purpose the reason baumia has also gone out to say that it is possible to use the ghana card as a document for entry into the country yeah. is that properly so-called if it is calibrated and people or immigration services mm -hmm. have access to specific data on it mm -hmm. when they key in your unique code into the system it should be able to generate or return details that are applicable or relevant for purposes of travel so that capacity they have. So there's no doubt that the, the NIA, the solid capacity and credibility. Mm -hmm. The problem, however, is that the EC, they don't talk to anybody. Mm. The EC's register is a silo that is sitting there on its own. It is not as interactive as you have in the case of the NIA. But is this not how to cure it? Because as soon as 60% of your people on the voters register use the Ghana card, and if you increase that percentage, it means that your voters register is now going to be talking to all of this. So eventually, mm -hmm. you are going to achieve what you just said, where mm -hmm. let's assume so far we have 60% of all the voters register who have a Ghana card. That technically means that all these people who have voted, we can know if they pay taxes or not. Mm -hmm. Because their Ghana card can tell us a lot of things about them that we didn't have known. So does it not make sense as part of the overall integration to say, okay, you started with SNIT. GRA is in the loop, DVLA is in the loop, and the Ghana card system brings everybody that talks to each other. Mm -hmm. So why don't bring your voters also into the loop so that eventually, if 100% of all voters have the Ghana card, mm -hmm. these people are also, we, we know their SNIT status, we know their tax status, we know their driving status. So for, the, for a digital economy, mm -hmm. does this not make logical sense? Okay, so, so you see, that is why the opposition is... In my view and and i take that position mm -hmm. not to the fact that don't use ghana card as the base document for registration the position i take is that the attempt to use it as the exclusive document uh, so your point is the only exactly. so your, your quarrel is not that the ghana card is not good yes your quarrel is that it is good yes. but it shouldn't be the only yes because what it does then okay is to make it impossible for someone who is a ghanaian who is 18 years and over who is sound who probably for some reason hasn't been able to get the Ghana card, maybe by government's own design or failure of the system to go to his area to register him or because the cards have not been so handed he gets, over he, to him. He gets disenfranchised by no fault of his, even yeah. though he is qualified to vote. To vote. Okay. Because Hold that thought. Okay. So I, I think that's a very important point you've made. No, I, want so I want to summarize what Sky is saying so that listeners get it. Sky is saying that he has no problem with the Ghana card as possibly the best ID system in the country. If you look at all the things it can do. Mm. 
his point is not to denigrate the Ghana card nor is his problem that the Ghana card will not eventually be available for everybody mm-hmm. by saying that for an election in a year and a half or two years mm-hmm. and then also and looking at the constraints that the issuers have faced in the past and then looking at the sanctity of the vote for a citizen the right to vote making the ghana card the only id system will disenfranchise people unduly because the right to vote and the intention to exercise same should not be curtailed by the availability of a card that has constraints including government paying people staffing capacity issues around the uh, financial clearance so yesterday, of the cast you get me so yesterday we we're talking about how like in every day there's only one officer mr tifa is basically saying we can improve all of that for everybody to get the card and the minority says no you you do whatever you do but don't make the ghana card the only do, do you get the argument so i i don't know where you sit whether the 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 points that the minority is making which guy is articulating which i am tending to also support that the ghana card is great but to say it is the only system to use is too early for now because as early as in august when we interviewed professor july mm-hmm. there was a lot of pressure on them unfairly because of the nca people okay. so and he came and said look the card we can do it but we don't work like that that you come and tell us that give me a card by 31st march and all of a sudden i'll change everything so i was trying to push him yesterday and say sir it, the point you made about the nca should also apply because if elections people make wild and so people want everybody to register so the the same level of pressure that was placed on you when you were doing the nca thing can be brought to bear on you for this one and that's not how you were built to, to you were you were around the clock you are not supposed to register so many people at once just and he was making i say no 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 now no, we can do it because the money is available and things and Roxy is like, no, 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 no. You can't say that. Because even in October, when you came and issued a report, you still have so many problems. And then finance minister says, no, 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 we'll give them the money. So the cynic in me is saying, okay, why are you so interested in giving them the money all of a sudden now? When for months they've been screaming for money and parliament has been shouting that give them money, you've not been giving them. Do you have a sinister motive? That's number one. Number two, if the Kana card is the best, best and only is not the same thing. Do you understand? So you can have the best, but until you perfect the system the best cannot be the only question do you get my point question okay we are listening why would you chase a passport and not chase the ghana card what do you mean chase i mean if i'm a citizen okay but for now generally travel and visa issuance the passport is what is used yeah so if somebody has to go to america next month he doesn't want to get into the problem of oh one day the Ghana card can help me travel. No, no, he I knows know that. that if he wants an American visa, it's a passport he needs. So he goes for the passport <laughs> no. so he can get an American visa and go to his US. Yes. That's why he would chase the passport and not the Ghana card. Are there constraints in getting a passport? Yes. A lot. Books have been held up. Yes. So is this the perfect system? No, it's not. Okay. Okay, no, but no, but no, but coffee. No, no, no. I'm coming. It's a different argument. Oh, oh. Okay, you calm go, on, down. go on, go on. Calm down. Go on. Um what is the objective of the Ghana card? Is to integrate our identity identity systems. And if I'm wrong, somebody can correct me. My understanding from the layman's point of view is that the most important unit for managing your country's population is mm. identity. Mm. 
Okay. Knowing people, knowing where they live, how much they earn, what they do, and yeah, it's, it's best are. practice. So if you get so 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 sorry, identity is best practice. I'm just saying. Yes, I'm. I'm de- I, don't, I, 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 I don't want to conflate. I, I don't want to conflate the card. So I'm saying that identity. Mm-hmm. Because yesterday they interviewed a, a Bola Tinubu's finance guy on BBC and he was basically saying Nigerians don't pay tax because they can't trace them and they can't find them and all of that. So it's a development problem. So the point of knowing who people are, how much they earn and what they mm-hmm. do is very important for governments so that they can plan and manage. Mm-hmm. Generic. Yes. Second point, they are saying that the Ghana card integrates assets, sky set, and by law, other databases. Mm-hmm. So SNIT in the past will issue you a SNIT card. Now, if you have a Ghana card, it's as good as having a SNIT card. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, you needed an NHIS card. I believe that the Ghana card can replace that eventually. eventually. So on, on a generic level mm-hmm. and based on the strategy they've adopted, mm-hmm. it makes sense to push the Ghana card. Mm-hmm. But what does not make sense is to say that for this election, for this election, it is the only identity to use. Yes. When as early as July, mm-hmm. they had in even October, they were mm-hmm. struggling to issue print and all of that. So that's why we, Sky is pointing out, which I agree with, that we must separate the virtues of the Ghana card mm-hmm. from the self-imposed. Ghana card or nothing at all. I understand the cynicism that comes with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, so the money was paid, 100 million was paid yesterday. Mm-hmm. Which is just uh, a minute fraction. Hypothet- no, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100 million is paid yesterday. Uh-huh. And 80 Cla- million paid. It's paid 80 million paid. paid earlier. And then yesterday, 20 million. two days ago, 20 million. 20, so 100 million has been paid. Yes. That, that, uh, they are working on the pro rata. So we give you this, you give us that. We give you this, you give us that. So... A certain number will be cleared as well. I think what needs to be understood, both sides have a point on this matter. Okay. I asked you the questions for a reason. Mm-hmm. The ideal mm-hmm. of the Ghana card cannot be challenged. As in the fact that it, we, it is the, mo- it is the an, best. It's the best. That's when we all know. Yes, it is the best. Mm-hmm. The issue we have is at what point we determine we are okay with it being the sole document. Who will determine that? And that's an important question because... Who will determine it? As you speak, only 60% of the people on the voters' registration use the Ghana card. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I asked Kai a question and he didn't answer. Which if I turned 18 last year mm-hmm. and I don't have a Ghana card mm-hmm. and I want to register to vote mm-hmm. and you say, if I don't get a Ghana card, mm-hmm. I can't register to vote. Mm-hmm. But 40% of the people on the same register that I want to get on yeah, they got onto that register without a Ghana card. I know discriminating against me. Uh-huh, you see, so that's a valid point to raise. But let me make two points. In this case, what was the law at the time the forty percent people registered? The law at that time allowed was that to... it was possible to use non-Ghana card mm. to get and on. other forms of yeah. identification so they are to on. get on. Mm-hmm. So they got onto the register legally. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they cannot can, be removed. They cannot be removed. Yes. But you see, that was why I made the earlier point that there is also this view that this new CI or this new legislation is seeking to revoke that law so that if that law is revoked without savings provisions, which I said earlier, then what it means then is that the register previously is no longer supported. That is the legal view some other people hold. That if the law saying that the register which you got on without a Ghana card... You've also told me that a law cannot have retroactive effect. 
no, so it, if a law that is being passed today mm-hmm. is telling you how to get on a register mm-hmm. it cannot by coming into force then vitiate what i did in 2019 so i am thinking that and the other point is that fairness is not the same as legal something can be legal but unfair Fair. so if somebody goes to there's a lot of that yeah, somebody can go to court and say mm. yes the guy who came on the register in 2019 mm-hmm. came on legally mm. and you by a new law so i'm challenging the new law which is the ci because mm-hmm. it is unfair mm-hmm. so the fact that if a law has solidified his entry onto the 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 the, the, the register four mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. does not mean that the law that you are bringing in that's going to uh, prevent me from getting on in my view mm-hmm. It's, it's a fair law, which is why you can go to the Supreme Court and say they should describe that law because that's why the Constitution is always the basis. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I, I just say that the second point you made about this um, CI being a backdoor way of sort of asking for a new register, mm-hmm. I think that would be a bit of a stretch. No, you see, it, 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 okay, so it, it, there are two views on the matter. You see, one view, of course, I mean, the principle that retroactivity is that the law must always be forward-looking unless it does not impose punishment or punitive sanctions on an individual. So if it is granting rights, which rights can take effect subsequently, you can extend that and say, oh, it's for the benefit of the citizen, so you are not going to question it. But where it is imposing punishment, the constitution says you cannot do that. So on this particular occasion, what are we talking about? Some people take the view that there was a law that grants you access even if you did not have a Ghana card and you got onto the, yeah. the register. Yeah. The EC's new legislation is saying that, look, we want to revoke that law. Mm-hmm. So then people argue that if you revoke the old law, then you have to also that, then you have to the do away with the register. It's a legal argument that people can say that oh maybe mm. that law that, that register was legally created. Mm-hmm. If it was legally created, regardless of the revocation of the old law. I think we can answer this question. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked you a question before the eight o'clock break, which you answered that mentioned the number of times you had new registers. Mm-hmm. So you give me two thousand, mm-hmm. two thousand and four, mm-hmm. twenty twelve, mm-hmm. and then twenty twenty. Yeah. That's when you had new registers. Do you remember? the basis for creating those new registers so um the 2004 one Mm -hmm. there was the need to actually modernize the process you know the mpp had always raised issues about the opaque nature of the ballot box lack of id cards photo id ID and all of that so all of those reforms got into uh what do you call it so from tampering to photo exactly for tampering because previously the ballot box was a wooden box you couldn't see what that was prior to 2000 and then for the 2004 change it was from tampering to Mm -hmm. photo Uh uh-huh but what about the 2012 the 2012 one was the biometric verification so then the question was whether you could actually determine that the person coming to holding a card and saying that that's my photo on the thing whether you can marry that to what actually is in the system so what the nigerians are fighting over today we did it in 2012 in, in 2012 you so, understand so we are ahead of them uh-huh. i hope they know that they know <laughs> because they, they are talking beaver beaver like beaver. some new thing beaver uh, be 2012 matters. that's right okay so, so, so what about 2020 2020 um i think what, what i think what was the basis for you i wasn't register? actually in the country but something i don't remember please help us because i remember the 2012 one uh-huh, okay so the, you see the ramadan thing ramadan went to court and said that the yeah. nia the national health insurance card wasn't properly speaking 
a document for determining who is a citizen it's of the republic. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the people who use it, if the, once the Supreme Court had pronounced on that earlier mm -hmm. and said that it the, was not, it was not. Those who, then those who got onto the register using that should be cleaned up out of the system. So the Supreme Court granted what he sought. So and then they have a new register or they just cleaned the old one? No, the 2016 one, they cleaned it up. Okay. So the NPP now in power sought to deal with... The, the because NHI, The NHIA thing. Uh-huh. Because Afarijan did a limited cleanup of the no, register. I think it's Charlotte. Oh, no. Was it Charlotte? 2016 is Charlotte. Okay. Yeah, but the back and forth. Forgive me. The point was that there was limited cleanup of the register. Mm. So once that happened, the MTP was not convinced that the people who needed to get off... So then they wanted a new register. Aha. Uh -huh. So then they did this extensive re-registration of Ghanaians amid COVID. They defied everything, voter, what do you call it, social distancing, all the things they put to the COVID away. Aha. Uh -huh. I went to do the new register. And did a new register, regardless of all the concerns that people raised. Okay. Because they believed the voters' register was bloated. Here we are, how many years on? Just three, two and a half, three Two years. and a half years. There's still argument being me made that the, only the, the voters' register is not credible. Just a, so you always find a problem with it. Yes! Okay, the other thing I did to say, I remember in 2012, with all the noise you made about the biometric verification, mm -hmm. remember there, was a, there were places where the biometric verification devices were not working, yes. for which reason people were allowed to vote without biometric verification. Uh -huh. And when MPP went to court, one of the claims they made mm -hmm. was that in some places, people voted without the biometric verification, and therefore those votes should those be expunged. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the Supreme Court said on the specific point, but it's just interesting that this thing that happened 10 years ago in Ghana is also happening in Nigeria, uh -huh. where the opposition is claiming that the beavers were not working or were not used mm -hmm. and people were allowed to vote and all of that. So, let's come forward now. So, you are saying that yes, as many people as possible as the Ghana card, they should use it and should encourage it. Mm -hmm. you, you, so, you also say the Ghana card is probably the, the best of the cards. Uh -huh. Yes. So eventually, it will become the only card. Who determines the eventually? What will determine the eventually? You see, that's the question we need to answer. That so, is for the, example, that is the, that, because, that's what the, because that is the basis of the resistance. Yeah, but after the government said, for example, that if, if you don't have a Ghana card, uh, you will be LPM this whole month. That mm -hmm. said, if you don't mm -hmm. have the Ghana card, if, they, they said from a certain day, the Ghana card will be the only identification that can help you get a bank account yes so re, 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 that's re, already in play then they said gra go back with ghana card, ghana card yes. then they said telco ghana card mm -hmm. so the, the point is that it's already happening mm -hmm. the only difference with is elections that, the only difference is that because it's, this that's the thing elections you see politicians they are not interested in who opens the bank account yet mm. they're in who and can it's vote. not who can a protected vote. right to the other true so the the uh, uh, the ghana card's role in snate uh, GRA uh, tax it's all good yes but the point about voting mm -hmm. because they feel that the, the right to vote is almost like an inalienable right, right so course. don't That's impose defined. any restriction mm -hmm. all right so it's a good question the, can, the country maybe we should go to referendum and decide on whether the Ghana card should be you see, <laughs> you see because that is where the whole I, for me that is where the resistance lies mm -hmm. in the fact that somebody for instance tweeted at me after I made my point and he says that um the Ghana card should never be a sole anything mm -hmm. unless every Ghanaian who wants one can get it expeditiously. That is within two weeks. So in his estimation, if you can get one, the system works in such a way that you can get it within two weeks. That is fine. 
somebody says, what, what prevents you from getting within a day? Or we are waiting to get to the point where the NIA processes, as you described, mm-hmm. gets to the point where you can walk in mm-hmm. the day you are born, register, get your number operationally, and get a card and leave, mm-hmm. independent of getting access to certain kind of state funding where, like for now, for months, there was no money. Now, suddenly, there is money because of something and people are suspicious. You can be suspicious. Or, but I'm saying that so far as it gets done, the objective is clear. The ideal is clear. So the it, difficulty... It goes back to trust. Yes. The it difficulty is who will determine when the system runs and who will determine that, okay, is it the easy that at a point to come and say, uh, 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 we by this election it's a trust issue do you, 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 you know, know something let me tell you something well, let's, 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 assume, let me finish let's assume ndc was in office what is what is to prevent and somebody from saying the next election another party will say no that's what i'm saying that i think it's a trust issue because if the ndc were the people in government mm-hmm. and let's assume they're in government in 2025 i don't think they would oppose the ghana card as the only source of identification you still think so? They will. Because they would have... They would, because I think people... This is my feeling. Mm-hmm. I feel people don't trust the institution uh-huh. managing the Ghana card to be fair to all, which is why an MP will come on air and say... That's what the issue is. How come my digital capital is clever? Mm-hmm. You've taken the registration center to Peki. I have people who cross the river from Germany. Mm-hmm. And when they come to Peki, I have to feed them. When they're in Peki, you say there's no network. So they have to go back. Mm-hmm. So if things continue like this, by 2024, 200 of my people in Germany cannot vote. Foot. But if you go to this place, so he's now. So my point is that if if the if they trusted that the NIA was going to give the Ghana card to everybody without fear or favor, mm-hmm. now why does the MPP trust the NIA? It's possibly because they feel they are in office, so they feel like the NIA will not work against us. That's how I see it. So it's more like there's a political question of will the NIA manage this process to disadvantage? My voters. Okay, so let me respond. Do, 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 do my point. I get you, and I think that's, that's the, the that logic. Was, that's what is going on. Yeah, see, see. But the, but if that happens, then we will never cross the point where the sanctity of that document is respected for the purposes that Sky no, is making you, no, the argument. No, you can't because if you've moved from sixty, you are sixty percent. Yes. It. All, everything we are seeing shows that the more people get the Ghana card, this sixty percent will probably rise to eighty. Eighty. And eventually to get to 100 on its own natural growth mm-hmm. without an, an imposed deadline. Because mm-hmm. as you say, once people, people want the card. Yes. And when people get the card, and you must get the card. So yeah. I am saying that supporting Sky, you can achieve 100% eventually by naturally populating the system with the Ghana card. If as many people as want the Ghana card have it, you don't even need to make an announcement and say hmm. the Ghana card is the only source because almost everybody who has the Ghana card has it. Se- tends to use it mm-hmm. because they prize it. So I am saying that because of the political cost and the complications of elections, saying that the Ghana card should be the only, it, it creates too many problems. And let give NIA their money, give them the energy, let them do their work. Let them give the Ghana give card as much as possible. It will shock you that people on their own, mm-hmm. when you ask them to bring an identity most of them will bring the Ghana card. Right. So in two, three years, everybody on the register will probably have the Ghana card. Do you get me? But to say that Chinchinia Ghana card need the that one you haven't convinced me. I've listened to the EC, listened to the NIA, listened to the finance ministry. I don't see how you jump from this is the best to it must be the only. Yeah. That that leap does not 
I don't get it. But I'm saying we. I understand us not getting it. But again, forgive me. I'm saying at what point will that leap be acceptable? You see, so as when as many people as possible have the car. Who determines that? The NIA and their efficiency in their working. Give them the resources to give the car to people, and the more people get the card, the more people will use the card for everything. Okay. Most people who have the card, it becomes the number one thing they use. Mm-hmm. Check everybody's wallet in this company who has a Ghana card. Yep. When they are going to the bank, they don't take their passport again. They take the Ghana card. Mm. Most people, as soon as they get a Ghana card, it becomes their primary document. Yes. Because they know the thing has been well marketed. Mm-hmm. But you see, when you impose this very risky political project on this card, with all the problems the institutions have had, mm-hmm. you are not in the right. I can't support it. Mm. I can't. So it's two against one. Yeah, I'm not necessarily against. Well, two, <laughs> two, two, two against half. <laughs> we'll read some comments on this. I wanted to bring you some extra voices on the Ghana card as the only identification for the voting. But before we do that, Provident Insurance is 40 years old, guys. Yes, we welcome you to a new year to insure your new car or renew your... Remember to insure your new car or renew your existing motor insurance policy from now till 31st March. Get free gifts such as fuel coupons and several other branded Provident souvenirs. Rush for your insurance cover now. And remember with Provident, man, you are covered. Now, are you looking for a prime property to buy or invest for immediate returns? With $50,000, you can own one of the three-bedroom apartments in Sakumono Estate for immediate haircut-free returns and benefits. Are you listening? Mm-hmm. Yes, with only $50,000, <laughs> you can own one of the three-bedroom apartments in Sakumono Estate for immediate haircut-free returns mm-hmm. and benefits. <laughs> we also sell... And install original Japan Fuji elevators and escalators in your high-rise buildings and malls. For the best result, be advised that technical details of the elevators and escalators have to be incorporated into your building at the construction stage. Call or WhatsApp 0200-535-515 or visit us at Sakumono near the Celebrity Golf Course. This will property investment, your haircut-free investment. Start your undergraduate or master's degree programs this March at Website University and get up to 40% scholarship. Don't miss out on the opportunity to invest in your future. Open global doors when you earn a quality American master's uh, degree in international relations, business administration, or human resource management in just 16 months. MBA students can choose a general MBA or specialize in marketing, corporate finance, corporate comms, or information technology management, or cybersecurity, or project management, or even digital marketing. Now, you can take advantage of our match intake, get up to 40% of tuition. Call Webster 0540 120849. That's 0540 or visit Webster.edu.gh. Now, if you want to boost your social uh, media platforms in terms of your performance your sales your reach and all the nice nice metrics saturday fourth march is a big day because there's a social media master class being organized at alisa hotel from 9 a.m to 4 p.m for only 1450 cities 
where you understand social media, how to audit your business social media account, how to develop a content using Hexacon framework, how to engage your social media audience, and how to glean insights from Digital Reports 2023 and more. Now, MDs, marketing, sales managers, brand managers, communication managers, customer service managers can apply by either calling 244 767801 or dialing star 713 star 33 star 32 hash or visiting idm.edu.gh idm building competences for tomorrow we'll take a shortish break uh, there's a lot more when we come back plus day two of our on-air series Kwekuda continues our conversation on the eastern region stay with us this is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. If you're not enjoying this song, then you have a problem. Oh man! You know how such old songs are still so nice. Oh. Evergreen. I'm not even sure I was born, oh. Yeah. Charlie, but the song they beat too, man. I hear those days, Charlie Kwame Nkrumah will hit the floor. Thank you. Charlie with his white suit. Yeah, and then Charlie the Queen will also hit the Thank floor. Thank you. Then yeah, yeah, giving it to each other. Oh, yes. I hear Achampo was a master dancer. Oh, I see. He said Achampo was Charlie, the high life. Mm-hmm. Enjoy life, Charlie. He said he enjoyed the presidency, Charlie. <laughs> the 
Later in the morning, we're continuing our conversations on the Eastern region. Yesterday, we talked about the Aquamus. Fascinating story about the Aquamus. In fact, there was a question we didn't answer, which will be answered. How they, even though they sort of are based in Akusombo enclave now, they are all over. Part in Ashanti, part in BA, you know. And Koko Dakwankra took the time to explain their, 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 their evolution. <laughs> yeah, they are common people. Worrying everybody. Yes. There's one sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> now, losing a loved one stops you in your tracks and leaves you shaking. In these trying times, you can count on us. Over the past 21 years, Lashibi Funeral Homes and Crematorium, we've had your back when you've needed us the most. We are the first and most experienced private end-to-end funeral service provider in Ghana. From picking up your loved one when death occurs through the burial or cremation and funeral reception. Lashibi Funeral Homes and Crematorium will guide you through the unfamiliar territory of selecting products and services you will need to ensure your loved one has a fitting send-off. Call us on 0509-542-409 or email info at lashibifuneralhomes.com Lashibi Funeral Homes and Crematorium, dignity for the deceased, comfort for the bereaved. Vodafone Business presents too much business. The number one mobile plan for businesses in Ghana today. With Vodafone too much business, you have the best mobile plan on the market, gives your business the best value. That means you have the flexibility to choose voice, data and SMS packages that suit your business's size and ambitions. Get more minutes for Vodafone to Vodafone calls and calls to other networks, data and SMS in one complete mobile package. Experience free calls among your employees and roll over and use data. Send starts to 0507-779-000 or email vodafonebusiness.gh at vodafone.com. Vodafone further together. Alright, so let's hear Kazila Force and the minority leader make his submissions on the proposed uh, CI and the intention for the Ghana card to be the only ID system that will be allowed for voter verification. Using the Ghana card as the only medium of voter registration would negatively impact on the electoral role and thereby deny some otherwise qualified persons from registering to vote. Mr. Speaker, this is a statement signed by the majority leader himself. This is signed by the majority leader himself. It is not coming from us. This is the report of the committee of the committee of um, a special budget that has been adopted by us. The speaker, we cannot take assurances as the basis for us to have a Ghana card. We still have time. Let them go and solve the issues relating to the issuance of the Ghana card first. Until then, Mr. Speaker, we are sorry to say that we cannot be part of that. We cannot be part of that. Mr. Speaker, secondly, Mr. Speaker, secondly, secondly, we are aware that the Ministry of Finance and the government owes the service provider $117 million. $117 million. Aside that, the National Identification Authority themselves have said here today that they have financial challenges. 
financial challenges. The government, the Minister of Finance, in his statement said they will release money at the appropriate time. We don't know when the appropriate time will be. So, Speaker, as we speak today, government is unable to pay for salaries. Salaries. In fact, if you check Bank of Ghana, uh, Ghana Commercial Bank Twitter page today, now, now, you can check now. They said they are unable to pay salaries. So if you are unable to pay salaries, how can we take assurances that you are ready to pay $170 million? So Speaker, I can read it. I'll be here. I'll be here. So, so what is the basis? You can't pay salaries. And if you can't pay salaries, how can we take that assurances as basis for you to make a law? Go and pay first. Let's make sure that the ordinary Ghanaian, at the minimum, at the minimum, can get access to the Ghana card. So speaker, another important point. Another important point. So speaker, if you look at Article 42, Article 42 requires evidence of citizenship, evidence of citizenship, and not evidence of identification, and not evidence of identification. Evidence of citizenship can be that my parent, I was born Ghanaian by birth. I did not have to choose to be a Ghanaian. My parents gave birth to me as Ghanaian. And so my parents must have the right to vouch for me that I'm a Ghanaian. Must, must have the right to vouch for me as a Ghanaian. And not only using national identification card. The speaker, passport can be another identification for identifying me as a Ghanaian. And so it is wrong for the National uh, uh, Electoral Commission to say that they are using only the Ghana card. So because our position is simple. To start with, they cannot use only the uh, Ghana card as the basis of registration. They cannot. And if they will have to use the Ghana card as the basis of registration, we demand an independent verification of the numbers that the National Identification Authority has put out there. Independent verification. Because, Mr. Speaker, we can't vouch for these numbers. We need to go to our constituencies to find out whether the numbers they are giving to us are adequate or not, for us to reconcile those data. And it is only right for us to request for an independent validation so that an independent body will say that, yes, Ghana has reached the time that we can use Ghana card as the sole identification for registration to vote. Until that time, Mr. Speaker, we will beg to say that we will not accept this. We will stand firm, we will oppose it, and we will carry it through. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Here are some quick comments on this controversial. By the way, this is E.T. Mensa and his Temples Band. You know, one of the things I need to do, purist. I think when I get my next leave, I'm going to learn ballroom dancing. Ballroom dancing. I mean, you do ballroom dancing. Yeah. No, that's a good one. No, because but I you actually don't even need a leave to do it. I think you can do it two hours. You know, some of the weekend. teachers ballroom dancing. Uh, no. music there. Charlie, no Charlie, uh, uh, yes. They will leave their hand. They go throw. <laughs> <laughs> no, is, no, no, no. is that the one they call rock and roll? Oh. 
Yeah, but the old people they enjoy you. Oh, the old people had a good time. They had a really, really good time. Yeah, they have to be taxed. Tell them. We need to we need to take old people enjoyment tax. It's very, very they, important. They enjoy too much. Yeah, they go, they turn around, Charlie. twist, turn around, oh my God. twist, turn around, Charlie. and enjoy themselves. Oh my good God. Good music Charlie, in the background, Charlie, yeah. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. And they have pollution too. No, not at all. No, not like us. <laughs> Oh Alright, here are some quick comments on the Ghana card. Okay, so let's take some comments coming in. This one from Otu in Abeka says, After getting the Ghana card after months, they would have to travel again to the EC's office in Axim to apply for the card. What is our crime to be taken through this hell? Let me go to this one which says, Good morning, City CBS. If the Ghana card is the sole ID for voter registration, we should then use the Ghana card to vote. This will save Ghana lots of money. Then, <laughs> you know, Maybe Bernard, I was saying that you should give the the mm-hmm. EC money to the Ghana card people <laughs> to just give everybody the card, and then we close shop for yeah, EC. Yeah, because what's the point of the EC voter card? Uh, uh, so you see, this thing came up. Mm-hmm. I remember during the Kufu administration when they were trying to do the NIA. Mm-hmm. The question was featured by the NDC side who were questioning whether or not this thing was meant to replace to replace the vote. They said no, that the NIA will be the NIA. The, the Electoral Commission will continue to do its work. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I mean, that argument can be supported by the Constitution because the Constitution creates the Electoral Commission mm-hmm. and clothes it with the power and the authority mm-hmm. to register um, okay. voters and so all that. So that question has come up again. Exactly. Let's yes. take one more. Uh, this one says, Good morning, City. Mm-hmm. If the, uh, Okay, go, go up. Let me read more comments. This one says, um, if, the EC is if the EC is claiming that uh, there are minors and foreigners in our voters' register then the ec must be blamed for doing a shoddy work mm-hmm. didn't the ec tell us in 2020 that they were going to compile an authentic voter register um how can you come around now and be telling us that you still have unqualified people on the register that's coming in from asanko mm-hmm. in santa maria getting into a quick close uh, before we do that according to the world bank ghana has uh 12% unemployment Mm-hmm. and more than 50% underemployment. In addition, people agree that Ghana's youth are ill-prepared for the world of work and only 38 out of 100 school children transition to the next level of the academic calendar. Now, why sit unconcerned or why sit unconcerned when you can contribute to solve the problem? Your donation of only one CD a day mm-hmm. will support Lead Africa International train underserved school children for free. Donate via 549 274728 that's 0549 or 0549 on Tango as well uh, to lead African International together we can change the future of Ghana one student at a time when we come back we could Akankra takes us through day two of our Heritage Month on a series we're talking about the Eastern region stay with us this is the City Breakfast Show the city's biggest conversation Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Welcome to another edition of the Honor Series for the Heritage Month. We're focusing on the Eastern region as the Heritage Caravan team travels across the country. Today we want to focus a bit more on Ewukugwa, a town a lot of us are told in school is the hometown of Konfuanoche. We want to use that to try and understand 
the eastern regions topography, particularly within the equipping areas. We've already discussed the Aquamu issue. We'll try and understand the role of Ukugua historically in Ghana and try and use that to understand the equipping areas and their links with the Guans. We could have Christ, my guest. We could thanks for joining us. Yeah. Um, we're seeing the AC region, a very fantastic region. To go back to what you said earlier, you said the AC region is very diverse. The Kurus are there, the Achim are there, the Kwapims and the are there, the Aquamus are there, and the Dangwe are there. Yeah. We do know that Aquamus helped the Ashanti against the Dinshra. But what I was wanting to do was to wrap up the movement because I've heard people talk about places in BA. For example, Adriana Boafari wrote a book about her father. And if you read the book, she refers to the links between Doma and parts of the Aquamu state, which I do not, I, I, I'm not sure I got, got the full story. So you started from uh, 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 Ediana, Chifu, moved to the east, moved to the west, Asimankese, you are now in the um, Yano area. They become a mighty state. They are fighting everybody. At what point did the Aquamus end up in Doma? So after the death of our ancestors, there was a dynastic war. There were two royal twins, which was Atakura Mini and Pong, and then Obiri Abua. So Atakura was the senior twin, and the junior twin was Obiri Abua. So during the succession period, the Jasehine of Akomu supported Atakura Mini and Pong. Why Nana in Kansa, who is the queen mother, also supported uh, Obiri Abua. And as a result of the skirmishes, because uh, as a Seku has chosen uh, a successor, and as a result of this dynastic fight, the Queen Mother joined Ubiri Ebua. That is the Doma, the beloved children, and then they move away from the how do you call it, Akomu, and then first moved to Kententrasi, which is at Insawum, and then proceeded to Obami in Kuru, and then proceeded all the way to Sontreso in Kumasi, wow. where they got land from the chief of Amakum. Okay, uh -huh. Nana, uh, um, and you got the land there and they stay there. Wow, so it was why they were there. in fact before the women come there, they first moved to um Santiman's Usumija or Asante is called Santiman's Usumija where they went to that is the cradle of Ashanti state. Most of the Ashanti people moved from Santiman's Usumija to where they are today. So it was there they met the one few people before they moved to Suntreso to go and settle. As on Treso, they, they were there before the Kwaman people from Kokofu came to the area. And when they came to the area, they were given land by uh, the Amakum people, who were uh, Asania people. They gave land to the Oyoko people to settle on. But Amakum, uh, the Son people told they were there, the Diana people, who had come from Akobi via uh, Santimansu Isumina, thought that they had the land before. So one of the elderly women from Indiana went to uh, we on that land or try to have a plantation there and Otia Kenten gave her warning that that land belongs to uh, Otia Kenten being the, being the, uh, the Kwaman chief the chief of Kwaman because that time Asante state has not emerged and as a result he killed this woman and then it, the place became Anovu if you don't eat you won't die that is the name of oh, the no, Anovu and that place is where the Kumasi castle is at now. Wow. So that place is called Amungu. So they were able to capture that land. And this thing hurt the Akumu Ediana group that have come to the area. 
So under the 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 chief, Nana Chemesi, and others, they wage war. One of the Akumu, a Ghana chief, they wage war against. How do you call it? Otia Kente. No, then Otia Kente left and Obili Abuja came. Okay. So within that war, that was fought at Abesim area. They were the uh, uh, sorry, so interest with the police were defeated. So Obili Abuja was killed in that war. By the same time that tradition said he didn't die. It, it, it went home. The son, Nana Sabin, who is the Obili Abuja's son took him to the house before he died there. But this was a very serious issue. So when his nephew, Penesua uh, Pasetutu, came to the throne, he engaged in retaliatory war. And then he went to war with uh, the Domina people or the Doma people. And they were able to defeat the Doma in the war fought at Abisi. So they had then were forced to move up towards the Sunyani area. Yeah, so when the war occurred, that time the chief was Chemesikafu, so Chemesikafu really became the sole washer, okay, Kregirafu of the Asantehene. And so those who remain, they have to move away because they've been defeated. So they move all the way, past through the Abyssin areas, some went to Dama, and then founded the Dama states. Others went to the German, and then founded the German states. So it's almost like full circle, because they are Adriana. They are Akan. They move all the way down, spread their way, come into the Yano area, become a great empire, get defeated, move again, get into Ashanti, and eventually go back to the Bono area, yeah. which eventually is where they all came from. Because yes, if you ask, the migration from the north. So it's almost like they've completed the yeah. migratory pattern. That, that's quite interesting. So people from Doma are Aquamus. Oh no, you can't see that. You can see people from Doma are. The Diana people, yeah. but they, they ha, in their history is Aquamu. Yes, so they move. So we will start the journey from Kefo Hemai, where the Dianas originally settled, before moving to Samankese, then to Danyano, where they founded their kingdom. Then from there straight to Asante Mansu in Sumia, from there to Sontresu in Kumasi, then move all the way to find the Dona and the German kingdoms. Now, where is Ukugua and how important is it to the history of what we have as present day Ghana? Thank you very much. Um, the Ukugua are also in the hilly ground, what we call the Kwapin Range on the mountains. Normally, people from that area, when they are going, they're including you. They say, I'm going to Ophir. That's how they call the hill, Ophir. So, some people say, so wrong. So, that is the hill. And as you know, Ghanaians believe, or it is generally believed that there are people who are very respectful. Even when they are insulting, they say, Mipachonsi, we are here. You see, so these are the kind of people we are talking about. And Ukuba is among the 17 states that make up the Ukrapini state. Originally a Hidugwan, okay, in that community. So in the community, Ukuba is living in is described as okra and the language they speak is chirepon which is from uh the group is about five that's uh the great okra in that area and the the chirepon is coming from the akan used to teach them that they are people who can read and sell them so chirepon that's why they used to buy it is chirepon they are great mighty people who are on the hill 
and among the three pounds, or the three people, are they in Kuga, a prede, and the blue. Sometimes some even add a bonsai and then assassination. Which uh, of a kind of region, but they are also in that area. Even though some believe that Boredra people are there. So that from the okay speakers. So there's Deru, a Buru, a Rukugua, and Assisiaso. No, Assisiaso is not a Pirede. A Pirede? Yes. A Pirede in the Okre area. Yes. And the Dukrum. But you said there are 17 Equapim states. These five are part of the 17. The, part, part of the states, so you have Ebri. Ebri. You have your hometown of Bosomase. That's my mother's hometown. Yes. <laughs> then you have that is my let's just declare we are Patilina, so I'm from Georgia. But Obusumasi is where my mother's yes. father comes from. Okay. That's true. Then you have the Abutetu. Mm -hmm. You have the Manfe. Manfe. You have the Mampong. Mm -hmm. uh, you have Amano Krum. Okay. You have Tutu. Okay. Then you have Abansi. You have Asasiasu. Then you have Latahinasi. You have Latekubiasi. All of them are Ashurasi. Ashurasi. So, but the capital of the, the capital of the state is Ukrapon, adding to it. I see. Ukrapon. So there's a place, a bri, a duko, Obusumasi, Mampon, Tutu. In fact, when you're driving up the hill, you can actually see these towns. Yeah. Then there's uh, Mamfi, Amanokum, Late, Kubeasi, Late, Abena. Is it Abena? Is it Latahina Sinasi and Latakubiasi all making the Latakubiasi? Yeah, that's how many men are born. Then you have Abu Peti. Abu Peti. That is where they signed the 1733 Accord that created the Kapin State. Because there is Chenku deity there. And that is a powerful deity. It moves all the way to um, the, the Chenku forces at Dodua area. That water, it moved all the way from Abusumasi. So the deity Chenku itself is at the uh, the the hills of Abutechi. That's where it moves. And there's also Abonse. There's Abonse. And then there's Deu. Yes. Ebreu. There's Asasiasu. Asasiasu. Mm -hmm. And then Ewukugwa. Ewukugwa. So Ewukugwa is known to be where Konfanoti came from. Yeah. But what does it even mean? What does Ewukugwa mean? Ewukugwa means Ewukusi market. Oh, okay. Ewukusi market. I see. So they are leader in Wuku when they were moving. You see, the, the Guan people were Aboriginals. In fact, back in the day, they moved all the way under the King Atara of Inam. They had the King all the way from the Accra place all the way to Sacre areas, which they called uh, Sacre in their language. So the Ashantis that came, the later group of Akan that came to become Ashanti, to the and all those people in that area in Kwaman, they call the sexual areas. Okay, in that area they don't like good, they were hunters. So both is called sexual empire, sexual doesn't like good. So those people in the area, that is where, where the Ibu and other people, so Ibu were the first to even be on the mountain. So uh, they and then uh, Ibukrum and Ko were all living at where the Achim will later come and stay called Tafu. So there were a lot of uh, fights there. And then Ibukuga led them from that place and came to settle at, on the mountain where their brethren, uh, Ibiru, was already established. And that place became a market in Ibukuga's area. So it became Ibukuga. So during the Yam Festival, if you want to see the a similarity among them, you realize that when they are sharing the hind legs and they're sharing meats, 
Aha, who could have performed very important in this. And they also have a very powerful deity, which was there, that will produce uh, the famous Okonfanochi. The five towns of Chepon, and Ewokugwa is like the largest of the... Yeah, so we said the senior for them traditionally used to be Ebiru, because that was there. So he was, um, I've forgotten whether it was the Agontenehene or something of the Ukrapi okay. state. Right. Uh, historical, a, a political point uh, in terms of those who follow, Danbochi is the MP for Okre. Okay. And then for those who like your football, the Weonsters yeah. was a, a very good team there at some point. I think they have they have a new name now. They don't record the Weonsters. So, who was Okonfanochi, by the way? So, Okonfanochi comes from the family in Ewukuga. So, he's a Gwan. And uh, according to the Uruguay tradition, his father was called Ano. So, he was Ano's son born in that family. When he was born, he was born with power and uh, something in his hand. Some say it was a risk. And then he came some birthmark. So when he was born, his father, he was this young man was doing a lot of mysterious things, doing powerful things. So whenever he's doing those things, people will speak in their Chepwa language as Anoche. Anoche means Ano look. Look at what is, uh, look at what Anosan is doing. So the Anoche or Ano look then became Anache. So it's not his name. Yeah. is in there. Yes. But others say his true name was from Paul Manson Kotobre. So from Paul Manson. So from Paul Manson, and when you talk in a language, you will understand. From Paul Omanasu, that is the nation's year. It becomes, it, it echoes the man's rule. So what it is is that uh, with his powers, he moved from several places before he landed at uh, Asante Kingdom. So people believe he even passed through Kumbu land, went through the Dentra, Dentra where there was an issue, and he made the prophecy of uh, looking for somebody with, uh, you know, there are some people with a skin with some flags, that white thing in the first skin. That is what he needed for uh, sacrifices. And that person turned out to be the, a royal. So when he made that prophecy, the Dinja people had wanted to use him because he himself is very fair. So he fled from Dinja and then entered Ashanti with his friend he had made that time, uh, or, or this year, or say to Tutu was learning the art of uh, statecraft from the Dinja court. So it was there, the, the other tradition says they made friendship. So when Finally, Obi Ebua died, and then Nana Sakodia Date, okay, of uh, Antoine, led the delegation to Dentra uh, and brought Odisha Ose Tutu back home. Uh, he was installed as a chief, and then the friendship between the two grew up. So Okonfanati became the spiritual advisor to Ose Tutu, and the combination of these two ensured the success of Ashanti in the war as well as diplomacy and statecraft. Is there a relationship between Konfanochi and Akwamu state? So you will say Okonfanochi has uh, doesn't have that relationship like Ose Tutu. Ose Tutu was someone when at the height of the uh, Akwamu's power there was Otutu deity Tutuabo that uh, when uh, Ose Tutu's mother was, uh, was someone who was having difficulty in bearing children. So 
his brother who is the king uh, 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 sent him to the Tutuabu deity and it was there that he was born when they gave him the name Osei Tutu okay as someone who back in the day when so Osei Tutu has a strong history with the eastern region yeah he had his, so when he grew up and was going to seven there he went with one of the warriors from there called Asamuel Panta so it was Asamuel after he was moving he brought some guns from the Danish castle and then Asamuel Panta led them there because it can show the way of crossing the uh, how do you call it the water so according to the history when they were crossing there was a bush bush pig it is called Kokote. so the bush pig the place was able to cross they realized that that place is narrow and they follow the the, uh, the path of the Kokote or the bush pig and that is why asamwa kwanta who saw it and led them there get got the appellation asamwa Kokote. so every asamwa's appellation is Kokote. And he was a very energetic guy, very young. So they call him Omono. So other people also call him Omono Asamwa. So they moved all the way to uh, Ashanti and he was giving guns and they formed a community division. And they gave them a place in Kumase called Enum because he was from Enum area. So he was called Enum Asamwa Kwanta. You get that point. So the Enum then got corrupted to Edum and they became the chief executioners of Ashanti state. So that is the connection from that angle. We know that the golden stool was conjured by Konfuanochi. How seminal is that in the Ashanti story? I mean, we, had, we have we sort of traced a bit of who Konfuanochi is. Uh, it seems to me as if the golden stool is really Ashanti power. It and is they, a soul. And they the believe soul. that that is what binds the nation together. Yeah. So it's just interesting to me how somebody from Rukugua who was originally living here in Akwamu land with Akwamu's military power comes to befriend or say to two and they form this. So we can also say that some of the, the Akwamu powers of war, the Asante benefited from that and also possibly the ability to use mystical powers which you describe or Konfanochi has. Yeah, so, so it is a combination of uh, uh, stuffs. So we can, back in the day, you can't talk about history, even in European history. If you go back, back to Norse history, about the Vikings, even in the, among the Britons, back when you talk of um, Merlin, the wizard, we talk, you see, so back in the day, in all of our history, the element of mysticism is there. It's something we cannot move away. But however, in our African history, when this thing is being recounted, people sort of look down upon that and say, this couldn't have happened. They downplayed it. Yeah, they downplayed it. But the European one, we so okay, it happened because, because of their color or whatever. And because of the way they treated us. Yes. So, <laughs> so, bringing it home to our discussion, this combination of mystical powers, religious, I will call it religious capabilities, which also enhances the militaristic capabilities as well as diplomacy. This all combined and ensure mm. the success of Ashanti state. Wonderful. So that, that is how you should look at it. This is the Heritage Month Honor Series. We're talking Eastern region in this episode. We're discussing Ewukugwa as a, a route into the Konfanochi conversation and also trying to understand some of the various groups in the region. Uh, my name is Ben Ablem. My guest is Kweku Dakwankra. Uh, a few name checks. So there's a man I interviewed uh, in the past few years called Kofi Otutu Edulabi. And he tells me he's from Ebu. And so when you mention the Otutu and then you mention how Osetutu got his name, I think I made that connection. So actually, 
Osei Tutu's association with that part of history is where he probably got his name from. Yes. So yes. it's probably not an originally Asante name. Yes, so the Otutu itself is not an Asante name. We got it from the Hiligwans, where the deity is, at Tutuabu deity. So Otutu is the Tutuabu is an uplifter. Or throw of stones to travel, okay. So he throws stones, and that is the power of that deity. Mm -hmm. He gives give children also, it was also a war deity. Uh, so, if you go to a building, the chief of the community is called Otutu Corner, which when they come to the Accra and stay and were working, they become Otokuno in that name. So, you see, uh, mm -hmm. there was somebody who also came from that to Accra, who is called Obualabi, become Bolabi. And that sort of thing. So this, you see, even the interconnection between the Hiligans and even the Dan, as well as other communities. I wanted you to talk a bit about the Guans, um, because you said the Equapim are a merger of migrant accounts and the Hiligans. Yeah. For those who are not from there, it's not very clear to see. But when you sort of, I'll give an example. When I'm covering elections, and I am doing so, there's a primary for MPP. And you go to say the Ekropong area, you notice that there's a voting pattern, at least within one party. Yeah. The latter people may have a certain preference, but the Ekropong people have a certain preference. And that distinction is very clear when they have those internal elections. It's not very clear in the national picture. Mm. So, is it that the, is, is there a clear distinction between the Guan group and the Akan group, even, when, even though they are all Equapims? Yeah. Can you, can you sort of elaborate? So, it's linguistically. Yes. Linguistically, you see the difference because the very moment you move away from Ebri to Amanukrum, these are all Akan enclaves. Okay? The guy, Opare, Okoto, that founded the Ebu, Ebu which is Ebude, the Ebu's own. Okay? In Ebude, the one who, uh, Ebu's own, mm -hmm. who owns the place. And then you go straight to Amanukrum. Which is uh, a manual guy who was also a member of the team group that came. In fact, there's a connection between Amano Krum and Dodua. That line. That's why you see the name Amano in between those communities. Okay. So Amano, the founder of the community. Then you go to Ekropong, who were the Achim warriors that actually led the war by Ofurikai, Ofurikuma, who led the war and went there. And his family members were the people that were given the land to rule because they were the military leaders so safari or that's the various name given to him wow. he started the foundation of the equipment state during the agreement so the the okay group which is the five we mentioned the yes and the others from the abundance side who were a mixture of the Guan group as well as some accounts and then you have the Gua group or Guan group which is the latte so the latte language they speak there is different from the one spoken by the Okri group but they are both Guans they are both and so what it is is that so what it is is that there is similarity in their language so they are speaking a dialect of a Guan but when latte person speak the Okre person understands. They are mutually but if they not speak the same way, it's just like speaking Evedome uh, and Awana. So can we say the Equapim tree was a mixture of the way the Guan spoke and how the Achim spoke, sort of merging? Yes. Because Achim people's tree is a bit more similar to the, the what we know as a Santi tree. 
Yeah. But so then, the, yeah. I, I like the angle you took, so it is hybridization. Yes. Every language, when it interacts yeah. with an Aboriginal language, produces a unique hybridized language. So, Ekwapim is a hybrid, the ones that Achimu brought, the ones Manpon people from the Ashanti area also brought today in the Manpon states, all commingled with the uh, Aboriginal languages of Latte and the Okay to produce that unique Ekwapim language. In the same way, if you go to Western region, the Takwadi and other Fantis, you see the Fantis language intermingling with a hunter people between Impoho and then others in Sekendi, as well as the Nzeba language producing that unique language there. You see the Fantis also coming to the Central Regional Enclave. They are language mixing with the Etsy language to produce that unique Bono language they brought from Techiman to produce the Infante. And then also mix it with some Portuguese and European languages. So you see how the languages can come about. Look, look at that. The language, whatever language historically we claim, they are both from the East, either Yoruba or whatever, also intermingled with the Ogutu language, with the people of uh, Senyabriku areas, also producing the unique language they speak today. In water region, the same way if you go to the the reason why the water away is a little bit different from this thing is it intermingled with the Aboriginal AT and grass that way there. So you see element of Akan names. So why will Kwankrum become Kwambu? Because they do in every language means what? Town. town. And the town was founded by Aboriginal person who moved all the way from the grand areas of, of BA, moved all the way down there and found Kwankrum. When they always came to me, they become Pandu, and now we have Pandu. So this you see yeah, it in the, in the, I'm sure I have a, a, a long letter no, from somebody. You don't have any long letter because it's established work that Apawazi, so who is a true elder, has written about. No, I don't work. understand that the elders in the Vedome side, so Pandu, Krepi, Peki areas, there's a lot of Akan yes influence. Yeah. I was just I didn't know about the Pandu. Unfortunately, uh, when people we are all mixture. Yeah. Who is a true uh, away today okay we all came to meet people but always the history favors the superpower the one with the up and down the hills on the eastern region uh, with the heritage on a series we've been talking about the eastern region really this conversation is not ended we'll continue we'll talk about the central region we'll do a history of the Angolans as well. We'll talk about some forts in the Volta region. Then we'll move westernwards and then go all the way up north. So a lot of important conversations coming up. This has been day two of our honor series on the City Heritage Month.